Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host Pierre Shonks. I'm my usual co-host uh, Schmitty, but we got a special guest today, um, making a second appearance on the show, uh, Max Boltman of the Athletic. What's going on, Max? Hey guys, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. And we're glad to have you back. Um, uh, so uh, last year, I think we interviewed you. Like it was might have been like right before the draft. Like it was in October, like right after the season ended, and right before the draft. So a lot, of, a lot has obviously changed uh, since then. Um, so I'm just wondering, how is it, how have you been and how has it been uh, covering the Red Wings so far this year? Yeah, like you said, lo- definitely a lot. Uh, a lot has changed between now and then. I mean, one of the guys that they would have drafted um, right around then would have been Lucas Raymond. And he has uh, arrived in the NHL in a very big way. I mean, he's he's been, to my, in my opinion, the best rookie in the NHL so far. Um, probably been one of the Red Wings two or three best players already um, scoring at rates that just for rookies have not been seen around Detroit in a really long time. And uh, it's been really impressive to see. And, and I think it's injected a lot of energy into the franchise alongside Moritz Sider, the guy who was drafted in 2019 um, made his debut right alongside Lucas Raymond and, and Sider was actually the angels rookie of the month in October. He's, he's probably the Red Wings best defenseman already. And so, um, those two guys, I would say, probably the biggest reason, but uh, a lot more energy around the Red Wings than, than there had been, certainly at the time that we spoke back then. Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to ask. My next question is, who do you think's had a bigger impact so far, Raymond or Sider? Like, obviously, Raymond's been the more flashier guy, putting up more points, but he's a winger. You look at what Moritz Sider's done as a 20-year-old defenseman, and not not only right now, but like in the future, who do you think is going to have, who has had the bigger impact and who is going to continue to have a bigger impact? Great questions. I don't even know that I have the answer for you today. Like, like, frankly, the, you make a good point. Like as a defenseman, those guys are just so rare. It's so rare to find defensemen that, that are going to impact the game um, in, in as many ways as, as more outsider can. He can really help in every, in every facet of the game, right? He can play all situations. He's big. He can be physical. He can also run a, run a, run a power play. And I don't, I think that was kind of one of the final things that people wanted to see, out of cider is like, is he the kind of guy who runs and quarterbacks an NHL power play? I think it's fair to say that he absolutely can based on what we've seen from him so far. So that's a really rare piece. Same time. Like I also look at Lucas Raymond and this is, this is the kind of creative offensive weapon that the Red Wings just have not had um, in, in a while here since this rebuild really started. And I think they've had some really good players. I think Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi are great players. And, and frankly, I still think those are probably the two Red Wings, two best players to start this season. But Lucas Raymond has just added this offensive element, this, these instincts, this finishing ability um, that they've just so badly needed. And, and so I think he's making a huge impact, too. I don't know that you can say definitively one way or the other which one has been more impactful because they, they've kind of done it in 
um, both in different ways. I mean, I, I also think for what it's worth, Raymond's defensive instincts have been better than I could have even expected from, from a 19 year old rookie. And, and certainly that's absolutely true of cider as well. So um, I, I would have a hard time calling it right now, guys. I think it would be pretty close to a coin flip for me, but like I said, like, it, like if, uh, if I was picking one who's been the NHL's best rookie so far, like I would give that lean edge to Lucas Raymond right now, but, but obviously Mort Sider is the one who was rookie of the month in October. And I guess we'll see where November shakes out a couple other guys, Trevor Zegers at Anaheim, Dawson Mercer in New Jersey are going to have a say in this. So before it's all said and done too. I think if you're a Red Wings, that's a good pro wait, Red Wings fan, or even just like, if you're a manager or coaching, that's like, like, like that's a good problem to have. You don't know which one is better because they're just so good. And they're so both like have such a big impact. And dare I say, it's actually made the Red Wings like more fun to watch. Cause over the past like few years, again, since they've kind of started that rebuild, they haven't really been high up just cause like they haven't been that good of a team and injecting that youth into that lineup, like Raymond Sider, not even just them. Like there's, a couple of other players that have kind of stepped in like Valeno. I'm not sure if he's playing full time, but I've kind of liked what he's seen from him. They got still got guys in the system. Like Simon Edvidson is doing really well in Sweden right now. Like it's, <laughs> there's a good chance, like a possibility that Alex Nadelkovic could be like an, another Calder finalist again, or however that works. That, that's pretty funny to me, but uh, it's, it, it, uh, we're Blackhawks fans, but it's cool to see Detroit uh, be good again. And I guess it's, it's, it's better for us since they're in the East and we really don't have to deal with them that much, but at the same time, it'd be nice to have that rivalry. But anyways, I feel that's a different topic, but. Uh, well, no, I mean, I think it's good for the, for the league when the original six yeah, franchises exactly. are good, yeah. you know, like whether, whoever it is, you need at least a couple of them to be, to be really good at one. And for the last little while here, you know, Chicago and Boston have done a lot of the carrying for, for that group. Yeah. And so uh, Toronto obviously getting there and Montreal looks like they're kind of going the other way right now. So, oh, you know, yeah. but, but, but I think uh, it's good for the sport when the original six teams are good. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it, there's, especially with the old time rivalries and whatnot, like there's nothing better when you can put that on a national level and it, it really shows. Um, speaking or, or going from national to international for a second, uh, you were saying how Dylan Larkin's been one of the best players at the start of uh, the season for the Red Wings. And um, <clears throat> with Jack Eichel probably not being ready for the Olympics, I got to think there's a spot on that second line for him if he keeps this going or if he keeps his pace going. Um, do you think he has like a really do you think he has a pretty good chance of making that Olympic team? And um, besides Larkin, do you think uh, there are any other dark horses on the team potentially? that could yeah, make a, uh, respective rosters. Sorry. That's a good question. No, for sure. I mean, like, I, I think that to your first question about where Larkin slots in, like, I think he's definitely on the team. Question is, is he more the second or the third center? Like you're going to have, I think Matthew's probably slam dunk on the first line, but then you got, you know, Larkin or Pavelski. I think those are both guys who to, to team USA's great benefit um, they can play either kind of style of those roles. And really in the Olympics, your third line is probably a scoring line too. So maybe it doesn't even matter, but um, yeah, if, if it, you know, for me, Dylan Larkin, you're going to put him with, uh, with, you can really kind of compose an ideal line around him, right? Like he's, he plays really well with Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, you're not going to have him on that team, but you can just slot a Kachuk in there instead. Right. And that, that really just kind of supercharges that, that factor, right. You could, you could play him with, with a Kyle Connor or, or a Brian Rust or the Brinkett, you know, I, I assume Patrick Kane's probably on the first line there. Um, but, you, you know, there's a lot that you're going to be able to do uh, for Team USA around Dylan Larkin. And, and I think he's going to be a, a really impactful player for them. Johnny Gaudreau, another guy that I didn't even mention, you know, so I think it's going to be a fun year for Team USA um, at the Olympics. As for the other guys, I'm trying to go through my head right now and think Moritz Seider is obviously going to be a part of Team Germany. Um, I actually just saw a report out of Sweden today that, um, 
Sweden might be petitioning to get Lucas Raymond onto their long list. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know a ton about where, where things stand with that. I obviously just saw that report a couple hours ago. Um, Vladislav Nemesnikov, maybe a sleeper, Russia, a little thin down the middle um, at at center um, leading into these Olympics. And so he's a guy off to a really good start. He's mostly played wing in Detroit, but he can play center. And if I'm team Russia, um, you know, he's a guy I would look to for sure to, to be on the team if it were, if it were my call, but obviously Russia's kind of got different dynamics. And, and I think you do expect to see some KHL guys at the end of uh, the day end up on that roster, but um, I think he's going to make a good case. The checks. I mean, like, I don't know where Jacob Vrana's um, recovery will be by the time the Olympics roll around, but you know, if he's healthy, he's on there. Philip Ronick and Philip Zadina, I would think are locks to be on the check team. Um, is Switzerland in these games? Yeah, they I are. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Pius Suter would be on would be on a Swiss team if they're there. Um, yeah, I think those those pretty much sum it up. I, you know, Canada Bertuzzi's off to a great start, but but Canada's just so <laughs> loaded. I, like it, it's going to be an uphill climb to get onto that team. Even though I do think he's the kind of guy, if you're Canada, you should make sure you have some of. But you know, Canada's Canada, so they got Mark Stone too, right? Like they got kind of all these. We talk about kind of the Kachucks is almost like a supersized version of Bertuzzi. Well, Canada's got some of those guys too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it should be fun though. I think there should be there should be plenty of Red Wing representation at the Olympics, and um, I, I guess Raymond and, and his saga kind of becomes the thing to watch there in the coming weeks. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> it it'd be nice to see it, like just like it's always nice when it, like when the NHL teams go to the Olympics because you just get to see just how deep some of these rosters are and like how good they will be on other rosters. If they weren't put in the roles they were in or put in, I guess like you'll see second liners get put in top line roles on like Switzerland or something and they'll go off. So it's always just fun to watch in my opinion. And it seems like Red Wings are going to have a big push of youth going into this Olympics. So this will be fun. Um, Going to one of the, one of um people you mentioned that might be on the Olympic team, uh, Philip Zadina. I had, um, I've been kind of like tracking his ice time over the last couple of weeks and stuff. And it just kind of seems like um, he's been kind of juggling around the lines a little bit. I saw he's on the fourth line right now. Um, Point totals aren't probably where he wants, like everyone wants them to be, but you know, maybe it's just puck luck or something. I just wanted to know maybe your thoughts on his game right now and how he's progressing. Yeah. I actually just wrote an article about this um, on on Monday. And so uh, I think he's an interesting case because you can kind of, look at his season two different ways like on one hand as we sit right now he's top five on the team and expected goals four percent he's like 55 percent which is an outstanding mark and and he's even better than that in actual goals four percent so so the red wings are very clearly a better team with him on the ice and that that is a a really important thing but to your point um it's also seven points in 22 games i think only three of those are goals and and so for a sixth overall pick i think that can lead to some frustration and I think you look at you, you mentioned kind of puck luck and one one thing that's easy to look at 6.4 percent shooting percentage as we sit here on on Monday um, and, and I think it's natural to look at that and say okay that's gonna bounce back a little bit and he'll start getting some of those bounces the other thing is that is the second highest mark of his career though and then those are all in relatively small samples he hasn't really had an 82 game season yet for his career but his career average is only 8%. So it's not like he's, he's proven over his career that he's a lights out shooter and they just haven't gone in this year. I think it's fair to look at that and say, this is a guy who you know might have to, to, to work on some things in order for those goals to start going in. But at the end of the day, this guy just turned 22 this weekend. And, and I think there's a, a lot of runway left and, and he can improve his game yet. I think he has improved his game already. And, and now there's there's kind of those finer tricks of scoring that, that maybe take a little more time. He's, he's definitely a guy who puts 
uh, pressure on himself from everything I can tell. And so I, I can't imagine it helps or I, I can't imagine it helps to get off to kind of a slower start um, in terms of the goal scoring for a guy who has been a goal scorer for a lot of his, his career before he got to the NHL. So it's something to watch. You, you, you definitely are making um, good points. And I, I think all of it's relevant, right? Like the, the fact that the puck's not going in, that matters uh, in the NHL, but, but also the fact that the Red Wings have been a more dangerous team, a more effective team, a better team with him on the ice matters too. And you take it all together. I still think you have a pretty good young 22 year old player there. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't actually know about the expected goals and goals for parts. So that's, that's extremely, if, he, if he's driving play like that, eventually it's just, you know, the puck luck's going to come. You'd have to think. Um, I'm not sure what his PDO levels or anything, but maybe he has low PDO or something that might attribute to it. But um, I've always, I've always been so intrigued with Zadini, even at the draft. I was curious as to how he even fell to six at that point. And, you know, he's had an interesting trajectory as his career has gone on, but I just, I, I'm glad to hear this because I just want to see him put all the tools together. Cause once he does, he's just going to, I think he's going to be a special player. Oh my gosh. He's just, he was just so electric to watch in junior. And when you see him have those stints at the, at the, um, at the NHL level, it, you can tell it just, once it all gets together, he's going to be in a tremendous player. Well, well to your point, so the PDO is 100.4. So that's pretty okay. standard, right? So it's, it's not so much that, but um, Jeff Blaschel kind of made this point uh, last week and he, he kind of talked about the ways that Zadina can, can get better. One of them was the give and go. And I think that's something that he's harped on really since Zadina got there. But I, I think part of that is because when you look at Zadina, he's quick, but he's not Jacob Verona fast. He's not Andreas Athanasiu fast. He's not Dylan Larkin fast. He's also, you know, he's six foot. He's not small, but he's not really, you know, thick or strong or, or tall or whatever it may be either. He's not Ovechkin, right? So when you have a guy who's not blazing fast and not hulking strong, creating separation becomes a, a, a thing for offensive players. And how do you create your own offense? when you're not way stronger than the guys you're battling against or way faster than the guys you're battling against. And he does have the tools to do it. What it takes ultimately is skill and hockey sense. And he's got both of them. He's got plenty of both of them, Um, but it's going to take more time to kind of learn the ways to actually go about practically doing that. I think, and I think there is some work that can still be done in his shot. I mean, the one timer is an area that I think you've actually seen real improvement this year. The puck hasn't actually gone in as much off of it. Um, But I think the one timer looks better to my eye than, than what it had been. And I think that's an area where he can continue to get better. And then when you just continue to see off those give and goes, like, you know, there, there are plays where you think, how did that puck not go in the net? He did everything right there. But there's also plays where you see him kind of put it into a goalie's leg pad, or you see him put it into a goalie's chest and, and you think, okay, that's something that, that can be refined. It's, it's not something that I think fixes itself, but I think it's something that Zadina is very capable of fixing. I believe in him as, as a player um, and, and as a kid who, who wants this. And so I think that at the end of the day, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. So um, my next question is we've talked about Raymond, we've talked about Cider and rightfully so, because they've done, they've been such a huge part of this team and, even someone like Philip Zadina, yeah, the production isn't there, but there's driving play. And I just want to ask, like, who do you think has been an underrated player on this team that isn't getting enough credit that he deserves to? That's a good question. Adam Ernie is a guy who I think last year popped um, offensively and, and people got a little bit excited about. I don't know if the offensive numbers have been there as much this year from Ernie, but when I watch him, I see a guy who's impacting the game on a lot of shifts. You know, he, he's one of the most physical players the Red Wings have. His compete is 100% every time he's on the ice. 
I think he's a really good player. Demestikov is a guy that we mentioned. He's having a, a kind of a bounce back year. Um, he got out to a hot start in terms of the goal scoring, and, and that was kind of shooting percentage driven, um, kind of the way Dylan was alluding to earlier. Like those things do tend to level out, and, and it has for Demestikov. But I still think he's been a really impactful player. Um, both of those two guys are on a line with Michael Rasmussen, and that line for the Red Wings, I think, has been a, a pretty sneaky, important matchup line for them, and a big reason why I think Rasmussen's you know continues to kind of take little strides too. But 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 when I look at it, like I see a little bit of offense from Nemestnikov has been really needed, and and Ernie I think is just a player who I would take on thirty two out of thirty two NHL teams. You just find a spot for him because he he helps you he helps your team be better. And kind of similar to that question, who's a prospect in the system that maybe isn't getting a, a lot of hype or is a bit underrated? Well, to be honest, uh, a lot of the Red Wings prospects are getting a lot of hype right now. Um, I think fans saw just how uh, successful Lucas Raymond and, and Moritz Sider have been in the early going, and they went, okay, now let's, give, let's get some more in here, right? And and uh, I, I, Pierce, I think it was you that mentioned it earlier, Simon Edmonds, it's off yeah. to a really good start. I think everybody knows about him. I think people by now pretty much know about Albert Johansson, the other SHL defenseman they have, who they took um, in 2019 in the second round. You know, he, he's a good player. I don't know if he's having... Um, quite the explosive season that people might've wanted to see for him. This is kind of now his third year in the SHL, um, but his tools are really impressive. He's a great skater and he's got good hands. And I think he's the guy who's going to make an impact in the NHL at some point. The guy I would actually point to is a guy who took in the third round this year as an overager, Carter Mazer, who's off to a great start as a freshman at out at Denver and in, uh, in, in college hockey, right. And um, Mazer's putting the puck in the net. And this is a guy who, when I've seen him play, he reminds you of kind of your ideal third line energy player. And the fact that he's adding that offense, like that's what really good NHL teams need on their third line. You saw the Tampa Bay lightning do it with, with that Barkley, Goudreau, Blake Coleman, Yanni Gord line. It's not enough to just be an energy, you know, tough to play against player. You, you got to be able to do some offensive damage too. It doesn't have to be your main skill, but you got to be able to do it. If you're going to be that kind of that, um, defining third line role that, that teams really want when they get into the playoffs. When I look at Carter Mazur, I, I don't see that, that I'm saying it's a sure thing, but I see the ingredients for a player like that. I think maybe if he can add a little step of explosiveness, he's got the size for it. He's clearly got the, the competitiveness for it. Um, and, and he is a good skater. Um, and, and you add in the fact he's putting the puck in the net. Like I think the kit is there for an impactful, uh, you know, energy kind of identity player. Okay, so my last uh, regular question regarding hockey has to do with, uh, um, like, how far off do you see the Detroit Red Wings from competing for a playoff spot? Because obviously, right now, they're uh, only one point out of a second wild card spot, which is Pittsburgh, and they have one game. They played one more game, but I just, I don't know if I see it lasting the whole season. I think it'd be a great story if they made it, but I still think they need like a year, another year or so. And obviously, this team is going in the right direction. I trust Steve Eiserman, and pretty, I'm pretty sure every Red Wings fan does as well. Just the way the way he's drafted, he's assembled play, like uh, assembled the team, and kind of managed his assets. And I'm just wondering, how do you think, like, how far off is this team competing for? for a playoff spot in the Stanley cup. Well, first of all, I'm with you. I don't see it being this year. And even, you know, like, you know, to your point about the standings that, yeah, they're a point behind Pittsburgh with only one game ahead, but really they're also only one point ahead of Boston. Who's got four games in hand. Yeah. They're only one point ahead of New Jersey. Who's got three games in hand. Like they're not really as close to the playoffs as I think maybe some would have you believe. Yeah. Like the point percentage kind of tells yeah. that too. That's right. Exactly. And so uh, I, I don't think they're there this year. I, I actually think next year, 
Like, we'll see what happens. It could go really either way. They could take another step forward, but they're also going to lose potentially important players in free agency. Like Nick Letty is a free agent next year. Thomas Grice is a free agent next year. Robbie Fabry is a free agent next year. Ultimately, the whole side of the left defense, except for Jordan Osterley, can become free agents next year. They may bring some of those guys back, but but there's a lot of question marks in there for me to say it's definitely going to happen next year either necessarily, right? Um, but I do think within the next couple of years, like this is a team that should be at least fighting for those spots. And I, and I don't know how long it lasts into this year. Like I said, I don't know where it is next year, but certainly by kind of the 2023, 24 season, this is a team that should be very much in that fight. And and it, it does rely on some development continuing. It does rely on re-signing some players and it does rely on continued really good drafting, maybe some good signings and trades in there. But I do think like they're, arrow is pointing upward and and sometimes you see it where you start going one direction and then you have a, a dip kind of Ottawa might be experiencing that right now this year um, before you can kind of get back going in the right direction. But overall, like I think this thing is, is pointing generally in the right direction. And, and uh, I, I think within a couple of years, like this is a team that, that has to be considered a playoff contender if they do what they have to do in free agency and in trades. And if their development continues, those are not small things, but it's just the way that I see it, it trending right now. And again, I just I think that's gonna happen yeah. just because I know Steve Eiserman just he's he's a he's a hell of a GM. I don't I, there's no other way to put it. He's basically built that Tampa Bay team. And uh yeah. Oh Shmini, sorry, you wanted to say something? Oh, I, I mean I was just gonna say like and like you said with the development and stuff, those things don't happen overnight. So like <clears throat> to see this as a building block season. And it, like you said, it's just one step ahead. Like he, it, hopefully within the next two years, you see guys like Kosa and, uh, or may- maybe not Kosa in two years, but um, you know, Edmondson and all these prospects, you know, get a crack at the league. And, you know, you, like you said, you sign, you resign the right guys and you make the right moves. Um, I, like you said, I think the left side of the defense also needs a little bit of, uh, you know, attending to at some center, point for sure. Center. Definitely. Yes. Um but like, you know, you can do those things over time and it's just nice to see the Red Wings finally seem like they're building that nucleus. You know what I mean? Cause for the longest time, it was just kind of, all right, we need to tank, but we're not really tanking and we can't get the draft lottery luck. And now it just seems like they're hitting on when they need, they're hitting on all the picks they need to hit on. And if they can keep that going, I feel like this is going to be, it could be something special in Detroit in a few years. Like you said. Yeah, certainly with Cider and Raymond, it looks like that's, that's been the case. Now, the one thing is, I do wonder with fans, like, does that give them a little bit of a false idea about how easy it is to transition to the NHL? Because guys like Jonathan Berger and Albert Johansson are eventually going to make their way into the NHL. And it's probably not going to go quite as smooth as it has for Lucas Raymond and Mark Sider, <laughs> right? Like, like Red Wings fans are getting spoiled a little bit with just how seamless those guys' transitions into the league have been. So we'll see, I guess, like where that goes. But um, yeah, to your point, like, I ultimately do think that if you have the right people in charge and, and this is to Pierce's point too, I, I do think they have that in Steve Eiserman. It at least gives you a little more confidence with those question marks. I don't think you can rule out the question marks, especially when it comes to player development, that stuff happens um, on, on varying timelines. As we talked about Philip Zadina, right? Like this stuff can take time. It can be instant or it can take a long time. And, and, uh, and you don't know which way it's going to go. So they're going to need more luck too. That's part of it. All right, so yeah. I don't know if you have any more questions, Dylan, but uh, uh, if you don't, we can get into the lightning round questions. I just got one quick question. You think Blashell's the guy when this team's uh, ready to go in a few years? Well, that's a, I mean, that's a question that's probably going to help answer itself in, in the coming years too. I, I think Jeff Blashell's a really good coach, and, and I've pretty much maintained that 
the whole way here, even in the Rocky times, I think there were some times where it was fair to ask if he was kind of going to be able to, to, to dig them out of where they were. But even when things were at their absolute worst, I don't think Jeff Blashell was ever the problem. I think he's been dealt. I think he's been dealt a bad hat. Yeah. I was just, yeah, yeah I agree. exactly. Right. Like he, you know, he, he shows up to this team that's about to go into a teardown. I think of the, I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I looked at it a while back. I think of the 10 leading scorers when he took over at least eight of them have either been traded released or retired or, or bought out since wow. he took over. Right. So, so the team that he inherited was basically being detonated when, as he showed up and he's had to kind of make do um, with that situation and, and try to bring new guys in. You know, I think people have complaints about kind of how slow this thing has felt. And, and I completely get that last year, the Rebels were a team that like barely had any rookies on it. And for a rebuilding team, that's gotta be frustrating. But I also think you look at like Tyler Bertuzzi, the only coach he's ever had in the NHL is Jeff Blaschel. I believe that's also true of Dylan Larkin. I know it's true for obviously Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider. These are guys that I think if, if you're saying that you're happy with kind of how those guys have developed and progressed, I think Jeff Blaschel's got to get some of the credit there. And so Philip Peronik, you know, same deal. Like I, I think Jeff Blaschel is a good, good NHL coach. And, and I think he's certainly proven that, that he, has done right by a lot of um, what the Red Wings have needed to do. He has not always been perfect, obviously. I mean, the record tells you that alone. Um, and, and and I think it's still an open question whether he'll be the guy um, when this thing is all over. But right now, like I'd be inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt because I do think he's done a lot that's worked. Yeah, he's got to be one of the most longest tenured coaches too, because he's been there yeah. since what 2014, 2015. I believe he's the third longest tenured, right? Oh, I think wow. it's Paul Maurice, Cooper, and and him are the. That other sounds about two. right. Yeah, that's that's crazy, and obviously, yeah, he hasn't been built a, a dealt the best hand. Like basically, I think except the first year, they Detroit hasn't made the playoffs, but that's because they have not had a good team. And I think with every coach, even the best coaches in the NHL, like as fans, we're going to kind of have gripes with them. Like, Oh, they play this defenseman in the top pairing, even though like numbers and stuff show that they're not that great. But like ultimately, ultimately this year, I think he has like what, like what you said, earned the benefit of a doubt with a finally, like I would say a competitive team on that ice and how it's brought along some of, some of these young guys like uh, Raymond Sider and all that. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be curious. That's definitely something to watch out for if he can kind of be the guy to lead this, help lead this team forward. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, on to the lightning round uh, question. So I'm just going to be like, ask you, I guess, like pop culture stuff. Like what's your favorite movie? So yeah, let's, let's, let's start off with that question. My favorite movie. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, or you, you don't have to like list just one. Like you can miss like list a couple. Well, I really like Talladega Nights uh, with yes. Ricky Bobby. I was a big Will Ferrell guy when I was a kid, and that 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 one's gonna have a special place in my Anchorman. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Those two are probably when I think of just like you know, I love The Blind Side. Anytime The Blind Side's on, I really love the Oceans movies. Um, I, just any any movie like that that like I, I do like going to like the theater and all that stuff, and I do like a big event for a movie. I, I also do like kind of the the finer cinema and the more cultural stuff that that uh, you know that that gets a lot of the, kind of the the critical acclaim. I, I do like it, but I gotta admit, like what I like in a movie is just you stumble upon it twenty minutes in on TNT or whatever when you're <laughs> channel flipping and you just settle in. 
just drop whatever you're doing and you just watch it. And so to me, I, I think of those Will Ferrell movies. I think of the oceans movies and I think of the blind side. Those are, those are all have a, have a very special place in my heart. How about uh, favorite TV shows right now? I love the succession. Um, it's intense. Last night's episode had my heart rate up uh, way too high, but uh, yeah, succession's really probably my favorite show right now. All time. I, it's hard to go away from the Sopranos. The Americans is, was excellent. Um, and I really like the Tim Robinson show on Netflix. I think you should leave. That's those are Nathan for you also would be another one. I still got to watch the Sopranos. Yeah, you got to do it. It's <laughs> amazing. All right. Um, uh, favorite like bands, artists, albums, whatever. This is where I uh, am, am weak. I don't, I'm not very up on a lot of music. So it's all just still the stuff I liked in high school. I really like Kid Cudi, Kendrick Lamar. Um, I, I like Billie yeah. Eilish. Um, she's more recent stuff. Um, yeah, those probably be uh, Anderson Pack. I really like. I don't know. That, that's probably the four I find myself listening to the most. No, oh, that's respectable. Yeah, I like Kid like Cudi and Kendrick. Oh, yeah, especially Kendrick. <laughs> um, the last question, the most important question: Your journalistic integrity is on the line here. Actually, not. All right, really, but <laughs> uh, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I, I wouldn't strongly go for either. Like, I used to be strongly, you know, I'm like, who puts pineapple on the pizza? But I've slowly kind of gone towards, uh, you know, I'm okay with it. Like, pizza's pizza. It's not something I would order. But at the same time, like, if it's the only pizza sitting there, like, I'm not going to sit there and, like, complain about it or pick it off. Like, I'll, I'll gladly eat it. Yeah, like, my go-to order is pepperoni and green olive. But oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm here for a good ham and pineapple. I'm sure pepperoni and pineapple would probably be maybe even better because you get a little extra salt with the, with the pepperoni compared to the ham. Um, but yeah, I, I like the pineapple on pizza. But my first my first priority is let's get some green olives on there, and we'll think we'll worry about the rest later. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We just we just we always like to end it off with uh, all our guests. But uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, Max. Uh, I hope you're doing well and. Uh, uh, enjoy the rest of the year because there's still like a ton there's what still like 60 games to go there's, and i know there's, like the Olympics, more than all like, of last season you know like mm-hmm. it's crazy like it feels like we're so far into the season but we still got what would already felt like a long year last year yeah. that, that much and more left so thank you guys so much for having me i really appreciate it it's always fun to come on with you guys and uh let's do it again sometime absolutely and especially with like just all the things that happened earlier in the season that just makes it even feel longer it's been crazy but it's it's been crazy in a good way too. Like just seeing the what happened with uh, Brady Kachuk and uh, <laughs> Brendan Lemieux last night. I know, like, it just always, it always gosh. feels like we're seeing something wild. So <laughs> there, there's at least that. So yeah, once again, thank you, Max, for coming on. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can connect sometime down the road. My pleasure. You guys got to go find the video. Somebody had uh, Gilbert Godfrey read out. Oh yeah, I saw, that. I saw that. It was really funny. <laughs> oh my god. Really All good. Right. All right, yeah. boys. I'll talk to you later. Of course. Peace out, man. See ya. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside of my good pal, Jimmy, from uh, Philadelphia right now, here in Philadelphia. <laughs> yes, I am. I, uh, as you know, I um, traveled out to, uh, I traveled uh, not much of a drive from Philly, um, out to uh, Newark. And uh, How was that? How was the New Jersey experience? <sighs> oh boy. Um, well, 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 well. Um, I mean... It was, uh, you know, the game was fun, right? Honestly, for as bad as those two, those two teams are, uh, Flyers and uh, Devils, it was, it was all right. It was a good, uh, it was a good time. The arena is pretty nice. Um, 
it literally like it's 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 much like I've only been to the UC right like that's the thing this is my first time going to a different um NHL arena beautiful place very uh new seems like it was you know renovated pretty recently if not it's just a damn good place very small though very small it was like it was they had they had the 100 levels right and then they had a small 200 level and that was it it, it's just so different from the UC um and then so uh, I was expecting more I hate New Jersey and that but you know what that's oh I'm trying uh... to be nice I'm trying to talk (laughs) about the arena I like the arena um the fans were um uh, listen I I am sure that there are plenty of great New Jersey fans out there but uh up in the nosebleeds you don't get the most fun people so uh couple of homophobic slurs thrown around that was fun oh um, well don't you know jimmy that's just those. hockey culture you know that's just how, yo, that's you're, where you're, they you're grew absolutely up right. man you know what Jersey. i think that me is someone part of the lgbt community just needs to learn to toughen up right like that's just what you gotta do to be a part you of the community man you know? up exactly exactly you gotta play through so, the pain. <laughs> um i uh went with a couple of friends uh who are philly fans and uh so um, they, uh, throughout the game, um, well, they told me the Flyers are bad and, uh, they showed me, you know, they pointed out little things that, uh, you know, that, uh, seem to happen constantly with the team, just the way we would with Blackhawks. Um, Ivan Provorov had maybe, like, I, I tweeted this, he, he had one of the ugliest games I've ever seen a defenseman, let alone a, you know, number one defenseman have. It was so bad. Listen, I know that the Hawks had their losing streak. You know, they didn't win a game for the first, what was it, 10 games or whatever. They were like, uh, I, when Carlton got fired. Yeah. That Flyers team is in a very bad spot right now. And I understand the their thing injuries. Is they're you know? right outside the playoff spot, but a lot of it has to do with Carter Hart, who is actually good again because goaltending. Yes, and they are they're now on a six game losing streak, I believe. I think that oh, was wow. six in a row. Yeah, that's that, the thing. I, I knew they were like a middling team kind of propped up by mm-hmm. a good goaltending, but I did not know they were on that bad. No, team. no. No. Uh my uh friends Gabby and Eve have um <laughs> have made it very clear to me that that team is uh not doing too well right now. And it's it was more than evident. Like it, it was I mean, my God, uh, New Jersey, you know, isn't the best team, you know, by any stretch of the you know term. But uh, man, like they at least look like a hockey team. Like we are Philadelphia. Team. Yeah, they, at least they could say we are a team with a fucking whatever bullshit. Um, Pierre Dorian, what a guy. Get freaking um, peered. <laughs> you get double peered in a in Ottawa now. It's pretty mm-hmm. pretty hot. Just I wish like, I could uh, get Matt DP'd. Murray did. We'll get into that later though. Oh boy! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Anyways, um, to kind of wrap it up, yeah, just it, it, it's it's interesting to see another team in person. You know, like it's it, it was such a such an interesting experience because I feel like as a fan, at least for myself, right? Um, you watch your team and you're like, oh, this is like you know, like for like the Hawks, right? When they have that horrible start, you're like, oh, this is you know the worst a team could ever be, and you know, it, it was pretty bad. It's definitely one of the worst starts ever. But um, in terms of actual play on the ice, I, I don't think I've seen a team like it's been like I, I don't know the last time I saw a team play that like out of sync. And to see it in person, it really hits you that there are other teams that have it pretty bad. We're, it, it really it really made me thankful. Like, you know what? Even when the Hawks were struggling these last few years, you still had 
and you know, listen, you know, not the biggest fan of the guy right now, but you, know, you had Patrick Kane, you know, to, you know, wow you every time he was on the ice, you know, even from 2017, 18, they still had a guy like the Brinkett, you know, coming up on the way and, you know, showing his skill. There was an entertainment there. Crawford was always in the top of his game. And as soon as he went out, they had Lincoln and now they have Flurry. Um, I, I feel bad because I know I'm forgetting names, but there was always, you know, there was some form of entertainment there, it felt, you know. And with Philadelphia, it's it's tough, man. That team is miserable. It really is. I, I don't – I cannot imagine Elaine Vigneault makes it much longer. There's no way. There's just no way. If they lose another game, that guy has to be gone. And if he's not, it's only because they're sitting on their hands till the summer. Like, there's just I, – I can't imagine that guy's much there much longer. At all. And then the Blackhawks hire him when he gets fired. Woo! I would hate that because all I mean, I've seen that Vigneault just is he's awful. Dude, and here's a, another thing, too. Their power play coach is Michelle Terrian. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, my goodness. Listen, Travis Sanheim. Wait, wait, wait. In wait, wait I could slot. be wrong. Isn't Mike Yo one of the assistant coaches, too? Stop it. I think he is. I'm very sure he is. I'm not going to look it up. Look I'm so up. sure of that. Yeah, you want to? Thank you. Because I'm – I. Man, yeah, it was it was horrendous. Like uh, there were times where, I, I mean, okay, so there's their the problem with, as their yeah coaches and they have a coaches. solid roster. They have a solid roster. I know Ryan Ellis is out right now, but that's not a bad roster. It's really not. It's really not. Claude Giroux is still a damn good player. It was hard seeing this guy. He's doing. He was doing everything he could to just get just get into the zone. I know I found that out today. Um, I think we can probably talk about that later. But uh, yeah, it, it you see you you see guys individually. It reminds me, man. It reminds me of like, like a lot of the Colleton stuff last year. A lot of the game, big games uh, they'd have with Colleton where they just look like they there's this it, they just it, it's just miserableness, you know. That is, it's a team that can you know that can play better than it is for sure. Um, but they just they just can't put it together. And like we talked about with Carlton, and we see a difference with King in this in this uh, facet There's of the game is good preparation and one might right, say the, immaculate vibes, immaculate vibes, very authentic vibes, quite honestly. Um, but you you need to have that preparation. You need to have you need to have your players, you know, like dialed in. And obviously, like a lot of that you know has to do with the players, but it a lot more of it has to do with the coach. It all comes down to the coach. And yeah, there's just, there's just no way. There's no way that AV should be the coach. He shouldn't be the coach six games ago anyways, but after these six games, he has to be gone. Same with Michelle. <laughs> dude, Yo, dude, so I, I think I mentioned it. Travis Sanheim was in the fucking slot. Travis Sanheim. <laughs> That's not, that is not, that is not the guy you should have there. It was so hard to watch. It was so hard to watch. It made me really like, it made me take pause and go, okay, maybe, maybe I've complained too much about the Hawks as like, as an on ice product, because it can get worse. And at least I got to watch some cups. Like this is, it's tough in Philly, man. It's real tough. And getting to be around it and talk to the fans and actually watch the team. It's, it's tough. I will say though, a lot of fun to watch Dougie Hamilton, such a, Damn good Gee, player. Surely on the first day of free agency had more than one team go after him, hey? 
Uh, yeah. Um, let's never talk about that. But uh, absolutely, yes, that is so true. This is so true. So true, bestie. So true, bestie. So, um, you mentioned uh Matt uh, a a singular Matthew Murray. Let's get into that. Oh, I I didn't. I wanted to save that till later. I wanted to get into uh. Uh, the best Slavin to play hockey is being called. Oh, you're NHL absolutely right. right. And then yes, Philip the... Kurshev is getting sent down to the HL, which I've been One... seeing for what it seems like a couple weeks now. Well, I might even say he's the best Jay Slavin to ever play hockey. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we've been beating this drum for a little bit, haven't we? Um, Philip Kurshev needing to be sent down. Funny enough, I, I've been on Twitter today, but um, when you sent the notes for this, uh, that was the first time I'd heard of that. Um, of the uh, call up and the you know being sent down, uh, I mean we obviously we want Kershaw to be down there. He does not have the confidence he needs to be. He needs the time. You could argue he was rushed last year. Um, yeah, he he's still look way like ahead of schedule. Like I would not be worried. Just let him play down in the AHL and get some time. Exactly. And don't, and don't keep yo-yoing him. Keep him down there for like at least a few months. You know, like if you're gonna call him up, it better be like after because after he's thriving after he's done playing with Switzerland. You know? True. I forgot he's gonna be on Switzerland. Yeah. Well, there's a very, um, very good chance that he will. Because no, there's no way he doesn't. There's no way he doesn't, dude. If, if they don't, I'm sorry. It would just it's Switzerland, man. If they don't bring in Philip Kershev, I don't really know what they're doing. Like you got it, guys like that. Like yeah, not really accomplished in the NHL yet, but they're more skilled than most of the guys they have anyway. So like you know, but uh, we've we've obviously talked about Kershev being sent down, and like you said, just let him play hopefully they just let him do that but oh i don't think we expected josiah slavin to get called up how do you feel about that i thought that was going to be alex nylander but i also do kind of get it because again you don't want to be calling nylander up like just let him stay down there in the don't yo-yo as long as you can don't Don't yo-yo him yeah let him stay down there let him build up his confidence like i i just don't want to see him get him called up he doesn't really do anything and then he gets sent down again just let him be in the NHL. slavin he's a big body he has a Four goals of four assists, eight for eight points in fifteen games. You know, it's not eye popping, but you know he could listen. Listen, it's to depth. Offense. It's the Rockford Ice Hogs, man. It's the yeah, Rockford that, Ice Hogs. I'll take half a point per game is a little bit more than that with most other teams. Uh, yeah, shit. I mean, he he kind of fits King system, doesn't he? Like he's probably like the best option they could call up in terms of that. Have a say in that. Let's call this guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he he coached him for I. Uh, yeah, he's coached him for his entire uh, AHL career up until he got, you know, brought to the Hawks. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, clearly a lot of, uh, you know, there's a connection there. Um, I I can't say I know if he, you know, he's somebody who uh, he employed a lot. I believe, yeah, time on ice isn't something we can find no, um, on AHL websites. HL, no. Yeah, um, hopefully that changes soon, please. But, um, yeah, no, it, I, I like it. Um, I think he'll fit in pretty well. You've seen, like, he reminds me of Jujar Carrick quite a bit. Um, you know, it's a big guy. He's not the, you know, fastest, but he's also not the slowest, you know, he got some offensive talent to him. I, I don't think any of us are expecting him to do anything, you know, crazy, but I, I think he has a good chance of fitting into the system pretty well and uh, maybe making a name for himself, even though he is still the best slave in hockey. We've already touched on that. Oh yeah. And uh seventh round pick from 2018 as an overager. So good on yeah, him. Yeah, good for him. Being a seventh yeah. round pick and now getting the chance to play in the NHL. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I forgot about that. Uh, Lincoln Stars legend, by the way, of the USHL. Mm-hmm. Correct. 
Oh, Chicago Steel legend as well. Can't forget that. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, this matters, Colorado College. <laughs> that is very important, Pierce. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Bestie. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Speaking of uh, players that are, like, on the outside looking in once right, again. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I wasn't too happy with that. No, I wasn't I like either. Was I, felt poor, like, uh... I felt like I could find a trade. Better ask that match. Yeah. Like, not it... like you're going to get a whole ton, but, like, I don't know. Maybe you could have swapped, like, a no, similar like, player, I... you know? like Dude, look at, look at teams like the Islanders. You tell me the New York Islanders wouldn't have taken him? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, know. It just didn't I... – it, it's just... Very, very weird. Um, just very weird asset management there. That's mm-hmm. really the most I can say for it. When they sent, when they did send him down, part of me was thinking, like, okay, maybe it's kind of like the Kyle Clifford thing, where you send him through waivers, no one picks him up, but then someone goes and trades for him because you have the option to send him up and down without waivers. Exactly. So maybe that could have happened. Maybe that's what they were thinking. But uh, no, Ottawa claimed him, and you know, obviously, <clears throat> from a well, pardon me, from a Blackhawks perspective, <laughs> you want to you wanna get, like, assets, even if it's just, like, a mid- or late-round pick. Get round something pick or for something. him, yeah. But from a personal perspective for Adam Gaudet, like, you hope he goes to Ottawa and he gets a chance to play because he didn't get that in Chicago. He went through that miserable season last year in Vancouver. It really just seems like he hasn't settled yeah. in before COVID. So I really hope he finds a home in Ottawa and you know it sucks we didn't get anything for him but hey if he can really establish himself in Ottawa I, that would be an awesome story you know I'll tell you what I'll tell you what Blackhawks really fucked up giving up that Matthew Highmore guy yeah you know he and scored goals in the in the bubble he did score goals in the bubble and uh yeah I don't remember Adam Gaudet uh scoring for the Blackhawks in the bubble so yeah very bad oh. move by Bowman there very disgusting um, he brings that drive and effort and determination every game. Yeah, it's what it what amazing. Was, what was the it amount of Canucks Vancouver's... fans that were like proud of it. No, the Canucks, the Canucks loved. I was gonna say this. I'm so glad you brought this up. They loved his heart and his uh his like willingness to get better. Or something. <laughs> I think his speed was also something I mentioned. I believe he I was know. more uh, likely to be an NHL than Adam Goddard, but I think for different reasons. But Adam Goddard, yeah, NHL because he's not. We, we said this back then too. Like he's Matthew Highmore, kind of he'll probably be an NHLer for a good while. Like he fits in a fourth line role. The upside with Goddard, of course, much higher than Highmore. Um, I, goddamn it, <laughs> um, but. I, I don't know, man. I I still think he has it, though. I still think he does have that upside. Um, and I, I think I'm gonna be honest. I think I, I say this about a, a decent amount of players. Just let them be your Alex Jason. He doesn't have to be perfect five on five. Just put him on the power play. He's good enough. He's the kind of guy who you can get in front of the net. He can jam for pucks. You know, I think he is much more effective five on five than Alex Jason. I think he can be a much better player. But I mean, I'm I, all I'm saying is I think they can get. You can get 20 goals out of the guy. Scoring's going up in the NHL, and he's a guy who clearly has the skill to do it. You could just put him with, like, Batherson, put him with a Stutzla, you know, just get him with a skill player and, uh, you know, allow him to actually have, you know, top-line minutes uh, because, well, we, he never really got that chance here. He was mostly on the third and fourth line, and, you know, I know I know he's more of a 
gritty player than he was in college, but um, I, I still think he he's more of an offense. He has more of an offensive touch than I, um, than it seems the coaches may have seen in him. That could just be a bias here. It probably is, but I don't know, man. He just I just don't understand why he wasn't getting playing time. So I I really hope he finds a home in Ottawa. Like it's a it it could be a fit made in heaven, honestly. Like imagine they, you know, two three years down the road they move towards contention and. You know, maybe you've got a guy in him who's, you know, a good middle six score. It's, it's a, again, it's a, we talked about this low risk hybrid board. And uh, I think that's exactly what that is for Ottawa. Yeah. And you bring up, like, they've mostly played him in a bottom six role, which is what I don't understand. He's more of an offensive guy. They just exactly put him in the bottom six. They put him in the bottom six and said, okay, be this kind of player. It feels like they looked at his height and weight and said, okay, bottom six player. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. So like, they just oh, wanted he, him push, to be he this pushes more, people around? Yeah, he yeah. just wanted him to be this gritty player, and that's not what he is. He's more of a skilled offensive player, and he never really got that chance in the top six. So it just seems like even under Colton and Derek King that he never really got in their good graces. But, um, yeah, again. It really feels stuff. like the whole Josh Levo thing again. Like, <laughs> it's just like, let the guy play his damn, get his damn ice time. Like just Frank send Toronto, him somewhere and get a Toronto. chance. Oh, my dear God. <laughs> I think he was on... The he was Steve on the Dangle podcast, yeah, that's why I brought it up. The Steve Dangle podcast. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I saw, I knew he was on something lately. Yeah, that's, God, I, I remember that era vividly. It's amazing that that's, like, looking back at that, the, the seventh defenseman, seventh defenseman. That's what we were worried about back then. Look, our times have changed. Now we're just worried about winning a fucking you first know, round. It hasn't changed Mike Babcock being a dick, you know, but... Uh... <laughs> That hasn't oh, changed, God. but anyways, don't say his name in vain. Don't say his name. I'm like, I'm like Mike Commodore. Anytime I get to call out on Mike Babcock, I'll do it. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, no, I love how as soon as I, as soon as um the whole all the shit about Babcock came out, everyone's like, wait a minute, <laughs> this man really knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, and also I know I I I hype up got out like this. I mean, he could he might just be nothing. Like he really might just be nothing. And there could be a reason that he's, you know, getting passed around like a bad cigarette. So, you know, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, but personally, um, you know, this is any Sanders fan listening. I think you guys do have a pretty good, uh, he's a damn good option at least, you know, he's, a, he's very, uh, and uh, I guess I, it'd be kind of weird to say in Philly, but I think they should take a flyer on him. Hmm. Yeah. But that was bad. Okay. Um, so hey Jimmy, I can't believe you would uh Philly ate yourself with those kind of people. So what's the next topic? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> At uh, least I acknowledged it. You did you you're like, what's the next topic? No, I I have no confidence in a joke like that. That's that's the that's the key there. It's the confidence, you know? All comedy. So I wanted to get into this article that uh, Mark Lazarus and Scott Powers, friend of the show, posted. Uh, so basically, it's just going over the Chicago Blackhawks roster and salary cap outlook through the 2023-2024 season, which again... Yeah, that's not looking pretty at no, all. No, it isn't. And no. uh, those are also not real years because, yeah. No, they're not. Like, it's, be, <laughs> it's almost December. Like, tomorrow's going to be the last no. month of November. That's going to be December. Then it's going to be the last month of 2021. Then it's going to be 2022. I no, it's, 20, it's, it's, still it's still 2020, and it will always No, no, it's not even that's, that. It's still 2019. Cool. You're right, not, actually. We have not reached COVID. That is so true, Dusty. Yeah. Time is just a flat circle. I always say it. But um, anyways. It is. 
So this is the the roster projection for 2022-2023, and uh, oh boy, does not look great. And I want to go through it. So the no. first line, you got Debrinket, Doc, and Kane, which, yeah, that's kind of what you expect. The second line, you got Kershev, Taze, and Hagel. And, all right. Like, it's not horrible, but I think you could do better for second line. And then third line no, is they... Johnson, Reichel, and Bortram. That's, that's okay as a third line. And then the fourth line mm-hmm. is Whistle, Johnson, and Kara, which... That's fun. Sure. It's it's all right. Like, oh, the Johnson Johnson, I'm not sure about that. Um I even think they're been, absolutely even though I think they're right, right to say that he'll but, be there, but yeah. I don't think he should be. Like they're 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 better like Evan just call up Evan Barrett. Just call up Evan Barrett, let him be four C. Call up Neil like, call Ulti Bar back like call up any of these guys over Reese Johnson. Oh, like, Ulti Bar back good... would be a fantastic fourth line option. Like, he's had a good couple games here, but is this a guy you're gonna have in your lineup for like the next couple years here? Because I I just don't think he's that guy. Trust me, he's not that no, guy. He's not that guy. I'm gonna put it this way. Did he has he looked at all like he should be here? No. Uh will he stay here? Yes, probably. Uh I mean, I, it's, he's, he seems to be a Derek King guy. So yeah. if King if King stays past the season, I think he stays. If Which not, I don't think he is. But... Yeah, oh, I, I agree with coach. you there. No, so, but if if King stays, I think I think he's there. But if he's not, um, I think I don't think Johnson gets this kind of playing time. I don't. Um, I'm not sure if it's the coaches or the organization that are high on him because we see, we saw that Colleton was, you know, a fan of his as well. You know, it's, in, it's, it's, it's frustrating because he's not David Camp. He's not, you know, as much as we uh, joke about the guy, he's a damn good defensive center. Um, they just, Johnson just isn't that. It really feels like they're trying to fit him into that role. And he's just, he's at least not that yet at all. Um, I don't see him ever being that personally, but Hey, what do I know? Um, but yeah, I, that's the one, like, I know that seems like a very weird thing to get hung up on, but four C's are very important. You have to be able to rely on your fourth line. That's, and we've seen it was at, this with every championship team and every competitive team. You need to have a competitive fourth line. Marcus Kruger. Um, yeah, Marcus Kruger. Like we, again, David Camp, good fourth line center. The only reason he was frustrating was his employment or deployment. His was employment. That on? <laughs> uh, well, that's on Collinson, of course. That's the and issue. who is that on for also on for uh, not having a good enough team? So he has to play David Camp that high. Damn, oh my uh, he who shall not be named. Yeah, that, I yeah. Have said that yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'll have to that, that second out, line. That Sensor that it. second line is um, that second line's a bit uh, worrying. Was it uh, Taves, Hagel, Kubalik, Kershev? They don't have Kershev or Strom on the 2022-2023 projection. Which Wait, they don't have Kubelik or Strom? No. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, too. I just um, don't see a scenario with the yeah. starts that they're having right now. I just don't see a scenario where they come back. Dude, it, isn't it? It's so weird. Kubelik scored 30 goals two years ago. Yeah. And Crazy, was on right? pace to get 30 goals last year, too. And 56 yeah. goals. Or at least played like exactly. a 30 goal pace down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. So he's got goal scoring potential, you know. He oh, he has the ability. He's that guy. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. He's getting his chances. It seems he's getting his chances. Um, man, I, it, Kubalik is such a confusing player. I, I really don't know how to 
I really don't know how to like gauge him because he hype like theoretically he should be he should be a 30 40 goal scorer he really should be but he's trended like especially this season last season he looked shaky um at the beginning of the year you know was playmaking more than he was scoring which was very odd um and like you said down the stretch you know he picked it up a bit but like what happened you know it it is he the kind of guy who he's easy for teams to, or he was easy for teams to start game planning for? Um, is he, is the motivation not there? Did the, you know, the opening stretch of the season get to him? I, I really, you know, as a fan, I, I can't really point to anything because it just doesn't seem like he should be having, you know, he, the, these numbers should be what they are. Like he doesn't, he isn't playing that badly, but it, nothing's going in. Well, and, the same could be sent for pretty much the whole team at the moment right now. But yeah, him specifically because he has, what, only three four it, goals on the season? Three, I'm pretty sure. I'll look it up right now. But I guess no, you no, could say that, away. yeah. But but there are guys scoring, though. Brandon Hagel's got seven goals yeah, in the season. It seems like Debrink and Hagel are the only ones getting the goals. And like yeah. Jerk Hera every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kane hasn't really been... Uh, Hasn't really been that great lately, no, but you know Jonathan he's on and off. Is, is, has a oh big, boy, like, he hasn't got a goal. He obviously did with a nigga callback. Like Kirby Dak needs to be like a lot of the forwards on this team need to be better. Yes, and get goals. Yes, scoring. like the defense. Yeah, Kubalik, three goals, four assists, uh, seven <laughs> points, minus twelve. And listen, I know that this team is not good. Is they're not going to have good plus minus numbers, but that's uh, that's especially with that start that they had. Yeah, and they're getting better yeah. defensively. Is the thing I think I saw. The stat that they had like almost yes. double the zone time against San Jose, but they just didn't really do anything. So it's not as no, if they're I, sacrificing uh, uh, like offense for defense. Like they have the puck, they just can't do anything with it. You I'm going to give some optimism here for Hawks fans, and this is maybe this is dumb optimism. What? They played against the San Jose Sharks of all teams. Like this isn't you know, it, it, this, this isn't the, the game Calgary to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. The, it's not the game to base your opinions on the Blackhawks off of. That being said, we they have had issues with bad teams. That's been the thing with them is that they never really look dominant against anybody. They have it now and then. Um, obviously, with their you know, team, we're seeing there. them. Yeah, but now we're seeing them play more up to their competition. We saw this against St. Louis. We saw this. Well, I wouldn't say we saw it with Calgary. No. Um, we've seen they it. They were a in bit. the we game also, to be fair, but like Calgary's better. To be fair, and to be fair, they also have played badly against you know bad teams, Vancouver. But it doesn't seem to be. It, it seems to be more of an outlier lately. You know, you don't expect that every game. And watching them, watching because I was uh, watching the wonderful game between the Philadelphia Flyers and Devils. Um, watching the highlights the day after, sure, you know, it was a highlight package. But the Hawks looked much more determined, much more dangerous than I've seen them in a while. Like that's that looked like a game that was stolen from them. And isn't that nice to say a goalie stole a game from them? I don't think I've thought that since 20 fucking 16. Like I, it's, it was, it was man. And I, well, I, I will just say that I'm glad if anybody shut them out, it was my boy, James Reimer, Jim but Reimer. Jimmy Reimer. Jimmy Reimer. a great year. Jimmy Reimer. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was nice. It was, Odd, odd to say that after a loss, it's nice that the goalie stole the game and it wasn't them just not playing good enough. They played more than good enough to win that game. 
like from everything I saw, they I played more that, than good enough to win that like, game. They they were good enough to win the game. I don't think they like deserve to win it, but they could have won that game. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Fair enough. I didn't watch the game, so I can't say. But uh, I it it just it was they looked they just looked more dangerous than usual. There were a lot of you know you know pucks bouncing over sticks and this and that. It's I hate to say you know oh you 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 know I never want to say they should have won, but I think it's fair to say that they definitely could have won. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, they they basically lost one nothing. You know, that's that's not bad at all. Like again, I know San Jose's not a good team, but this Hawks team was playing like one of the worst teams in history to start this year and have not looked very good at all in the years before. So it's just, you know what? It's just nice. It's just nice to see them playing like that. So, 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 get, so. I want to get back into the roster projections. Absolutely. The defense, uh, they have a UFA TBD with Seth Jones and McCabe and Murphy yeah. and Stillman and Kalanuck. And then the goalies, this is where it kind of gets bleak. Lankin and, and Soderblom. And listen, Lankinen, I think, could be a, is a great, at best, 1B goalie. I think Arvid Soderblom could be a great goalie for the future. But if that's your goalie tandem going to next year, you're not making the play. No. 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 Um, I'm a bit intrigued by that. Um, because the one they the spot that they left as a UFA was the top one. I'm not sure what if that was on purpose or whatever, but I found that interesting. Um, and it it does beg the question: What are you who are you going to put next to Jones again like, this season? Because it's that's kind of been the question all year: Who does he play with? And it's been you know a revolving door mostly Dehan, which is fascinating to me in the worst ways. Um, so yeah, do you go? Is there really? I'm gonna pull up cap friendly because i have not checked much on the free agents next year but is well, there really anybody they can the go article, after and these are the defensemen colin miller chris letang anton stroman okay and sherrod brita McNabb, and alex Gogoski, which none of them other than letang yeah. but letang is a right and a shot defenseman who has injury issues you know yeah yeah they're gonna have to go after somebody in trade there's just no way around that I I'm a bit or shocked that they to haven't pray played. to God that one of those defensemen that's on the team out. like Caleb Jones or Bowden in the minors can step up because it's just oh man. yeah I want to say that you know that it'd be great if they could do it from within but who you know who Wyatt Kaiser looks great in college okay but what he's is that? You're gonna that, be your that would guy? that would be that would be way ahead of schedule to bring him in I mean I guess the way I look at it is maybe you can. You know, maybe you find a Matt Grizzlick for your Charlie McAvoy. I don't think they have anybody in the system that will be as good as Matt Grizzlick, but you don't need – you don't always need a – Again, you don't need a top two defenseman yeah. to play with another guy. Like, you look at Victor Hammond, he's like drag Jan Root. That was exactly who I was going to mention. <laughs> yeah. Root to two cups, like, you know. And listen, like... Seth Jones may not be Victor Hedman, but he's not he's, – he's definitely not, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily need someone to carry him. He needs somebody who is solid. That's all the guy needs. And the Hawks really haven't given him anybody. They've given him Calvin DeHaan. Like, what is okay? What are you supposed to do with that? No offense to Calvin DeHaan, but that's not the guy I want on my top pairing. That's not no. the guy I want to Again, to uh, to, to stabilize expectations. To help stabilize the offensive defenseman. Yes, thank you. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So I I, I just don't. It's. I just don't know where they get that defenseman. I, I think you're just going to have to put Jake McCabe up there, someone like that. Like you're, you're going to have to do it from within because there's nobody out there really good enough to be 
is there really anybody on that list better than Jake McCabe, a guy like that? No, Not that he's been great Chris this year Latang, at first. But again, right end of defense. Again, right hand shot. Injury shot. Injury prone, sorry, but no, no, yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's, it's just not. There's really nothing to to go for unless they go for trade, and you know we don't know who's going to be out there next summer that or this summer that you know it. it it's there's a lot to be uh to be determined. Like they said, TBD. We uh we will see, but right now I think I think that position. You know, as much as we're, I'm talking about and blabbering, I. It, it probably isn't really something I should even try to guess because there's just so much time with that. So much could change. Um, exactly. I mean, you know, we know it changes a lot in the NHL quick as can be, but um, that's something that like, that there's just, there's no way you can predict it now. There's, there's no way. No. Um, and, but that's, but, yeah. This is here where things kind of get bleak because you're going to have uh, Seth Jones, new contract kick in next year. You're going to have oh Patrick Kane still making 10 and a half. Same with Jonathan Taves. Alex Dabrink, it's going to want uh, probably a raise up to 9 million after oh that. Even when like the Taves and Kane contracts are up, you're still probably going to be playing three players at least $9 million. Yep. And Kirby Doc could end up there. I, I don't think he is. like not, At least not at the moment. Like His contract's up this year. He's, oh, yes, he's yes. Sign a bridge oh, oh no, no, no. That's enough. my bad. I completely forgot. I completely forgot his contract's up this year. I thought it was... Sorry. I, I thought he had Even a then, already. Like, my brain he would have out. to be like a 100-point player to be like, okay... Oh no! I had these. Bad he could be eventually. But... I don't know if he's ever to be a nine and a half million dollar player. But... No, no. It all depends on if he can have a good defensive game because he's not going to. I don't think he's going to be a one hundred point player. No, um, and this is where either, you yeah. want a young defenseman with high pedigree to step in. This is where you want your Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr. Obviously, it's hard to get defensemen of those calibers. But again, you want like a Matt Grizzly, like a, a solid top four defenseman. Who's going to be that for him? Because I Jake McCabe could very well be that. Yeah, he could. He just hasn't. Like, yeah, we haven't seen that yet. No, but like, like as a young defenseman, you know, that could be there. For oh, a very yeah. long time. Yeah. Like absolutely. Just looking at it right now, is Caleb Jones going to be that guy? Like maybe right now, but like he could kind of fill it, be a stopgap. But if you're looking for the future, he's yeah. not it. Same with. Why Kalnick? I think there's a lot of offensive skill, but it's just not it. No, when you look no. to the AHL, like Bowden, like I would like to see him, but I just I'm not seeing it right now. You know, like Bowden showed flashes last year. That's the thing with Bowden. I, I look back to some of his tape. My thing with him is that he shows flashes. I love his game, but he isn't consistent. When he makes good plays, he makes some of the highest hockey IQ plays. Just amazing stuff. But when he's not doing that, he's not always that solid. He's not the best in his own end yet. He doesn't use his size the best way. He does overcommit to, to uh, certain players at times. It, it, he's a mixed bag. And who else do you have down there? I mean, Ian Mitchell's fine, but again, you know, right right handed shot. Um, but is he even if he was a left handed shot? Is he that? Is he that guy? I don't think so. I don't think he's that guy. Um, they have Galvis Phillips. I think Phillips, nice guy, but he's probably going to be like probably like at guys. best. Like, I, I've no yeah, problem. like the I've these, these are going to be guys that are going to play on the bottom pair role, but are they going to play in your top four though? No. And this no. is where I have a problem with. I'm the trying to rationalize like even a little bit. The, you could have drafted like I don't know. I off the top of my head, I don't know a defenseman that they could have drafted at number eleven, but you hand out all this money to. A player like Seth Jones, you need people with ELCs to step in and make an immediate impact. And when you don't have high draft picks, 
you can't do that. So you can't really do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and this is going to be the problem with the Blackhawks for like a few years now, probably. Probably. That, yeah. That's why we've had such a problem with that Seth Jones trade. Not because Seth Jones is a bad player, but the money you commit to them, that means you're, you're limited in what you can do with signing free agency. Mm-hmm. You need players to come in and play on ELCs, but you don't have the draft picks. They, gave up, they gave, gave up money and capital the same time yeah because not only did you give up a draft pick from last year but you gave up a draft pick for this year that's going to be a top 10 pick probably yeah probably oh it's going to be like what world is it not going to be in like maybe like a team like i'm always saying that because you you never know like just i i I would say that but i just this league's so fucking unpredictable who knows what happens in the rest of the year i don't see them making the playoffs but Highly unlikely, yes. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I just don't want to say. I'm like, I don't. You don't want to be on freezing cold takes? Oh, again? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, I mean, no. Nah, I think I'm being, I'm probably being, uh, trying to rationalize this team too much. Yeah. You know me. You know me. Optimist this can be. Um, no, yeah. I, yeah, most likely a top 10 pick. I, I think it is pretty likely they get to like eleven, twelve. Like I think that their their trajectory, like you know, yeah. which yeah, I think trajectory wise, they're on the way up. No, listen, if they get to like thirteen, I'm not going to be that bothered. Well, mm, will I? It's a deep draft. It it's is. Really I'm still draft. bothered. Like they still could get an amazing yeah. player there, but at least it's not like hey, you're picking a top. No, nah, so. you know what? There's no way I can. There's no way I can like. Okay, the, uh, the Steve Dangle uh, quote. No matter how much I look at my four quarters, I can't make it two dollars. Yeah, it's not going to be that. That pick's going to bite them in the ass. Most like highly, highly Those likely that is going to up. bite like, them in the ass. Cylinder, of course, is the only yes. player in the NHL from that draft, and of course, it's the pick that they traded to Columbus. Yeah, and he's doing well. Yeah, he's and doing. It's not like he's just staying out there because the top ten pick. Like, he's actually doing well. Right. We talked about saying, the fact that he's, kinda, he's there by. He's kind of there by default. To yeah. some extent, however, he's playing well. So he's deserving. He's earned it. And yeah. I know the big thing about that trade is like, okay, maybe we don't pick Cole Sildjian there. He might not even make the team if he's on the Blackhawks, you know? Like, but just the whole idea of having a player on an ELC come that's, in. That's and high play value. That's a high value pick. Yeah. And is on Regardless. an ELC and is providing uh, production like that. That's what you, this is what, it's what this team needs. But mm-hmm. they're not going to have that because they're not going to have a high pick this year. And do you think there's anybody that can move for a first round pick, anyways? Like, and, you know what I mean? That's, that's the thing. Like, that's that's where, like, what GM is going to what GM is going to give up a first round pick this year? No, not at least you no, know, until they, the draft. Like, no, because first round picks are valued differently, like a year before In different the draft. Times. You know, because yeah. a first round pick, oh, it could be first overall, but once you get to the draft, like, if you're picking, let's say, like. 30th is different than from fifth you know like yeah you have, you have yeah. more of an idea Absolutely. of where you're picking and who you might pick mm-hmm. with that draft pick like there's just there's more variance like you're 30 30th you're you're basically in the second round it's like oh you gave up a first round pick no i gave up the right. 30th overall pick well and what no keep going keep going i'm just gonna check something oh, no, quick, I was, um related i also wanted to bring up they might sign it looks like they might sign alex vlasic and potentially White Kaiser, which again, not bad. Like, but are these guys going to mm. be able to? Step I think White Kaiser is top, top four potential. I do like White. Or Kaiser sorry, though. second pairing, second pairing. My yeah. bad. I think he's at, at best. I think he's your. He's a good number. He's a really good number three. 
Um, uh, number four. I just, yeah. well, you know what? In no, I'm, I'm, I know I'm trying to rationalize that they have anything to really work with in terms of you know finding that. I guess Matt Grizzlitz going to be the uh, going to be the comparable for today's episode, huh? Um, I think Kaiser. No, Kaiser's probably the closest thing they have to it. Like, is he not? Mm-hmm. He's definitely the closest they have to that. I. I, I again I don't think he's gonna be that, but he's definitely the closest they have to it. Um Vlasic is like better, but still probably a third pairing guy. That's... Yeah, I I don't know about Alex Vlasic to be honest. Yeah, he's he's looked better, but he got himself from looking like a bust to being, oh, he might actually be okay. Like I don't I don't see him as anything two. special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame to waste a second round pick on, but oh well. They've done that um, the past few drafts now, it seems like. Like, look at Nolan. Yep. Like, we were talking about this Nolan Allen. Okay, maybe you get him with a second-round pick. That wouldn't be bad, like a defensive defense. But that's a guy who's probably going to play be third-pairing minutes because he doesn't really have, bring anything else other than playing defense, which, yes, you need. But you right. also need be need to be able to move the puck. And I look at someone like Logan, Logan Stankoven, who I was banging my fist on the table for the Blackhawks to get. He's over point per game in the WHL. With a team that is lacking the high-end forward talent it is right now, besides Lucas Reichel, how nice would that have been to have Logan Stankoven? And then, pick, nice. and then they pick, and then they pick, and then they pick Colton Doc, who, like I said, this he might he, he might be their highest potential player from that draft, but I don't see him. That's a bad thing either. Yeah. That's a problem. He and, should not be your highest potential player because he kind of just looks like a dud right now. He doesn't. He's not bad. He, I don't think he's a bad prospect by any means. They, but they you, have he's him a kind of high. Do they pick? Yeah, him that kind of value his brothers you need to get in the, the fourth organization. Round. Yeah. No, no, it's name value. I mean, it's a mean, sentimental it's name value. But you can't be making sentimental picks in the second round, which I know is your point, and I, <laughs> I know we both agree on that. That's the issue. You can't be wasting your second round picks on a fucking, on a QPR move when you need when you when the oh talent God, pool is that this time, bad. <sighs> you know that's why. Come on, and, like we know that's why. That's why I hope this organization, even if they don't get a first round pick, you still got a second round pick. You've got three third round picks. You could package. I was just looking up. at that. That's why I was looking up. You can still get at, some I... decent value in like the the mid rounds. You know, like yeah, just swing for draft. upside. There's gonna be players that fall. It's a deep draft. Just go for the highest upside because I'm always a believer. Go highest upside because you can find these guys with all the due respect to Nolan Allen. You can find them in free agency if you if you really need to. You know. Oh, absolutely. Oh, geez. My apologies. Um, no, you're on a, I, you're on I, a 76ers and... game. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> <seven>. <laughs> hey, they won. Oh, they did? They won a very boring game, but they won. Um, I, oh, hey, by the way, first fun. NBA game I've uh, ever been to, and I can confirm I've heard this from so many people, um, and, I mean, I've mentioned this, you know, many times. It's something – because it's something I hear so much. Uh, yeah, it's true. NBA game, NBA versus NHL, entertainment-wise. Not even close. Not even close. Dude, I don't watch the NBA. I don't care about basketball right now. But that was the most fun I've had. It, it, that was the most fun I've had from the entertainment brought forth than I have in at a sports game in so long. Like That was a blast. Also, they're fucking mascots is a dog and his name is franklin like, like fucking ben franklin how awesome is that I was how, franklin dude turtle. i saw a little dog drop a ball into a hoop wow okay 
I, I, you saw my story like that. What is it? Airboard. It, it was dude. He literally spun around twice and fucking dropped it into the hoop. That was the sexiest shit I've ever seen. And he, they lifted up the dog and cheered him like he was Jesus. It was amazing. I, I don't think I've ever been that happy in my life. Okay, but is he gritty though? The mascot? He probably was, dude. He was literally right up in the paint, dude. He was right up at the rim. He go hard. He, he literally, hard he literally stood in the. He stood at the paint for like a good five seconds. Nobody touched him, and he dropped it in. I'm sorry, that's a damn good player right there. I would. I would. I when are the Hawks going to sign this guy? <laughs> Dude, I could talk about that little dog forever. That Please, was the most amazing I've ever seen. He was a little. I think yeah. a dachshund. I think he was a dachshund. I think he was a dachshund. He was a little dachshund. And they give him this little. They give him this little squishy basketball, and he he picks it up, and he walks on his little hind legs with his tiny little hoop, and he he does a little twirl, and the fucking arena announcer's like a three sixty, a three sixty, <laughs> another three sixty, and he drops it in, and like the entire arena just blew up. All like, it was half full. The arena was half full, and everyone's cheering for a fucking dachshund. Was, this was in the middle of the game. It wasn't even like between quarters, dude. Like every TV timeout, break? every yes, every TV timeout, they're doing something. And I understand. I understand. Like what you know, in, in entertainment, NBA, having fun. What like, crazy how entertainment should be entertaining, but you know, come on, it's hockey. We, can't have fun we're not supposed to it's a gentleman's sport and what is it what's more manly than being boring and annoying as shit i mean i can't know i mean that's what angel that's what angel fans tell me so you know and obviously hey they're they're diehard fans they know better than me obviously um they watch the game <laughs> you you watch it on excel spreadsheets <laughs> i do you're absolutely right like i can't I, my favorite thing is getting home and going to uh, Jay Fresh's uh, DMs and begging him to send me the stats for every player. I can't like, dude, how am I gonna how am I gonna watch the game, dude? I have ADHD. I can't I can't focus because I'm a I'm a zoomer. Um, but <laughs> in all seriousness, um, I I understand like with the NBA, there's it's easier to do stuff like that because it's it's you know it's a wooden court. You can throw you can have people walk on it as fast as they can walk off. It's very easy to do that. But you can't tell me that they can't at least try things in the NHL. They don't try new things, um, especially the Blackhawks. Like I, I, well, I can't say especially. I don't know how they compare to other arenas, um, but I will say they especially have a problem uh, with their marketing and their enter- their entertainment value with their games. They don't they don't have fun. They're very. It, it really. It's, it's like, like Bill Ward just goes, just still controlling it. You know, it really is, dude. Because the most fun they have is they have like the kids doing, you know, little like skating, you know, like racing laps at the end of the period, stuff like that. Which it's great and it's cute, good for them. They, you know, they get to, you know, like skate around their probably their favorite team's arena. That's fucking awesome. But from an entertainment perspective, there's fuck them kids. Like I don't hate to ruin their advice, but that's the biggest uh, rink they'll ever skate at. No. Wow, that's you know what, man? You're probably right. That's really mean. Don't say that. <laughs> I mean, you're oh, not wrong, but you oh, didn't have to say it. Say it. You know, and uh yeah, no, it's it's nice stuff, but man, it just it's it's not it's not good entertainment. And they don't do the mo- the loudest that the, the arena gets is like between timeouts and shit is when they get they get the military 
you know, the, the military veterans. What the more fucking... manly than that cheering <sighs> the military on? It, and it's, man, like, I've clarified this time and time again. I don't have anything, like, I don't have anything against these people, but I, I swear to God, I'm tired of the, what, you can't tell me, um, my friend Gabby said this perfectly. She said, how can people ask for their straight pride night when they get, when they get to cheer on military people every single night? Okay. Like every it's single fine. Time. You have it is the mili- straight, yeah, it's straight fine. male dream, dude. You have a military like appreciation night. Well, what about Black Appreciation Night? What about LGBT? No, dude. No, no, no. Military Appreciation Night is every night. Exactly. They have people. That's my point, though. They have them there every night, bro. They have them there every single night. And I'm not saying that they're, like, that, you know, some of these people shouldn't be, like, especially Vietnam veterans, dude. Like, these people were shoved into it. That's Those are the people I feel for the most, too. People who were put there against their will. Um, And, they, you know, and of course, you know, there, there are a lot of people I don't agree with, you know, war and the military. I don't. But there, it, it's a necessity, unfortunately. There, you, there are people that have to take those, you know, those spots. And you know, unfortunately, with the world the way it is, you know, that's just how it. That's how the world works right now. That's how America definitely works. Um, I don't want to get into fucking okay. war politics and everything, but all I'm saying, <laughs> fuck, dude, don't ever complain about you know the NHL getting too woke or this and that. You're still holding the ball. Straight white men are still holding the fucking ball with this sport. And man, just going to one NBA game, just your sport will always be political. I I, I can't. I I just I need the NHL to take steps, dude, because they are missing the fuck out. Fans are missing. They out. are like they, so fan, far behind. NHL fans evolution. NHL fans need to understand what fun is. Like, can can someone please fucking show these people like a a fucking like, give them Legos? Let them do something fun for once. Like, I I literally anything. Because like these people go the games and why not like they, they watch Just a hockey play, game everyone's play Django on ice I don't know <laughs> try something dude you see the fucking I think the is it the Flyers that have this um at their rink where they have the people in the bubbles and everything they they like yeah. they put the um and they're running each other maybe this is a Blackhawks thing because I I can't get over how how much like how different it is between these two leagues i i've heard this i know this is you know something that's known but damn dude in the spirit of squid game what about like red light green light on ice i don't know (laughs) you know like yeah (laughs) you you are murdered by tommy hawk (laughs) tommy hawk pulls out his his you get a slap shot to the 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 groin area from tommy hawk courtesy (laughs) of tommy hawk oh my god it'd be more fun than the kids skating (laughs) the younglings god someone someone of their parents is gonna hear this and kill me (laughs) (laughs) oh god i don't hate kids guys please don't worry i don't um but yeah they're just it's kind of being a a dead horse but yeah there's just so much more fun to be had and and just being there tonight just god man i can't wait till the nhl learns to have fun it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a fun time What's that Steve Dangle said? I can't wait till I can like this sport. Yeah. I love this sport. I can't wait till he's, it was it he says, I can't wait till the sport figures out what it is. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Something to that effect. And that's, it, that and can't wait till they figure out that entertainment exists. And fun. Fun exists. It does. Um, so I want to get back to, to yeah, I want to quickly yeah. wrap up the Blackhawks things because oh. <laughs> we're still on that. So like, the defense we've gone through that the forwards like 
the depth is meh, especially if you want to make the playoffs. So the 2022 class has Johnny Gaudreau, who's under 30, yep. but there's guys like Drew, Malkin, and Bergeron that are going to be over 30, but what are the odds that they're going to go sign yeah. in Chicago? So, no, I, I talked about this uh, with uh, Gabby and Ethan today. Drew needs to go to a contender. I just need to put that out there. Drew, I need Claude Drew to get he a cup to before he retires. He, watching him, again, watching him play yesterday, just get that man a good team. He's still good. He's just playing on one of the worst teams in the league right now. Please get that man a championship contender. I need that so badly. But sorry, go on. I just, my man, Claude Drew. He's not dead. He's just playing in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, the, it looks more optimistic for the goaltending because if they wanted to look for a goalie, they could go for Jack Campbell, Darcy Kemper. Jack Campbell is uh, not going to be there. I'm sorry. Then, uh, Scott Wedgwood and Brian Holpe. I do not mind a Scott Wedgwood. I don't mind that at all. Um, like you mentioned, they, they have Blanken as a 1B. Maybe he, I mean, hey, again, you never know. It's li- unlikely, but he, he does, I think he does still have the potential to be a solid 1A. Um, no, he's I, just not a guy who I see playing 50 plus games and do well. Maybe they do the forty forty split. I, I could see that. I could see that working for them. Not that they have to micromanage it down to the game, but I think they could definitely. I think you get. I think the guy like Scott Wedgwood. I don't hate that. He's looked the games I've seen him play. He's looked very solid for the Coyotes. You know, the, the worst defense he's in the league. Single handedly almost um, beat the Blackhawks that one game. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not trying to be biased towards one game, but like I've I've heard him do. I've I've seen highlights of him doing this with other uh, against other teams. He's he's pretty good. Um, I wanted, yeah, who, who the, you... I wanted to get to the 2023-24 lines. This, this oh, God. Do we have to? Looks yet. <laughs> Do we have to? Fucking hell, dude. Okay, first line to bring it back, Kate. Yeah. Uh, second As line, usual. UFA, TBD, Reichel, and Hagel. Then, get this, third line, Altiver, Macchion, Colton Dock, and Arjuk Ayubov. Where the fuck is Jonathan Tate? Oh, oh! In this scenario, he's he's not uh, resigned because his contract would be up. Oh, and then your fourth oh, line is Herman yeah, and Johnson yeah. and Ant Whistle, and then the defense is Vlasic and Jones, Alex not. Uh, if Reese Johnson's still here by twenty twenty four, I don't know what I will do. Their their defense is basically the same, except with Alex Vlasic in the the third, the first pairing, and then Lincoln. Yeah. And See this? They need a miracle. This team. Unless you get the first or second overall pick, which, by the way, even if you do, you still have your pick for next year. I will say I am the biggest, I think the most likely, you know, quote-unquote miracle that they get is that Kyle Davidson is actually that guy, you know? And I don't think there's... If some team goes crazy and trades like a first-round pick for Kubelik, you know? That's the only hope I have for them to get a first round pick. Um, yeah. But just in general, um, it's just not, getting this team in a better direction, like, it all this... comes down to Kyle Davidson, man. It does because the, this is a, this is not a shift that I think many GMs would want to be riding on right now. Oh, and taking reasons... taking them taking the, the you know taking control of. But if he if he is this you know Bill Zito type guy, if he can be that for them, uh, you know that's their that's their fucking you know princess leia that's their fucking new hope man that's it right there um thing is i don't think that we're gonna know much about him for a while because what what kind of move can he make right now you know 
Like there's not really, you can't make a panic much... trade in that set, like in that situation, you know, you gotta be like, you need patience. And that's the whole thing with the Blackhawks is, will... is we've had zero patience with this, this, the leadership, like the front office, you need to show patience now. And obviously when the Blackhawks aren't doing well, you don't have a first round pick. You don't have a bunch of futures. You want to make that trade and be like, Oh, I got a good prospect back. I got a second round pick back. But for the time being, you've got to be patient. And I like what Kyle Davidson so far again, like, you can pick at, okay, maybe he didn't get anything for Adam Goddard. You lost in the waivers, but I don't think we should judge him off that one. Yeah, no, I I think it was a bad move, but man, I'm not going to die on the Adam Goddard hill uh, oh, in terms yeah. of how I feel about Kyle Davidson, nor do I think any, you know, I think any sane Blackhawks fan would. Um... Yeah, I... Really, I feel like that any trust to find it. You heard me try. I'm, I am literally drowning in copium right now. Like, I'm trying to find a way to like say that this team could have any kind of like, uh, I mean, I it, that they could go anywhere besides mediocrity because I think that's exactly where they're headed towards. I don't know. They're I have right no now, idea how they can get it. Oh, they're there right now. I just think that they're going to be even more like middling. I think that some of these guys will develop, but. Um, <laughs> I think some of the guys will develop and they'll get better. You know, Doc could be a, you know, solid 1C-ish, you know, probably more of a really good 2C. The Brinkett probably won't get any – probably won't get bad or probably won't get any worse. Um, I would be comfortable in handing, like, an eight-year contract to the Brinkett where he makes, like, nine oh, too, yeah. like Seth Jones. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's he's, and he's been doing it on a consistent basis, except for – the pandemic year where he got he would have scored like 20 goals in a 82 game season which is why Kubelik's better as we all know um <laughs> uh <laughs> that's oh such a God. niche reference yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah I see some of these guys you know they're gonna get better but I but they're not I don't see any we don't you know you and I and any Blackhawks and any sane Blackhawks fan any honest Blackhawks fan is going to look at this prospect pool and go, what is there to grow from, to grow with, you know? Oh, like you, the only prospect you can look at right now is and say, like, okay, he could play a type top six or even top four role guaranteed. And that's not even like a first run and first pairing. That's Lucas Reichel. That's all you have. And hopefully he's okay. That injury wasn't too yeah. bad, but I think he should be fine. But that's the only guy uh, you have right now. And you could have had that. Yeah. Do, do you oh, any update on that? Uh, no, not yet. And again, yeah, it I, also comes back I, to the draft. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, I'm not sure if I had. Again, that goes back to the drafting. Like, oh, oh, sorry. You could have swung for upside, but no. I just, I really hope that they do that this draft. I really hey, do. They need a desperate. Have that grid. Sorry? Have those big hits. Oh, you're nice. running out really bad. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Um, Am I better now? Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think in, um, yeah, you're cutting out again, like really bad. The last time I ever, or that I talk about this pick for a long time, but um, I think the end of the day. Oh, sorry, hold back. Um, is it still doing that? No, not at the moment. No. <laughs> okay, hold up. I think I'm just gonna close a few apps and see what happens because I'm, I'm I'm going off cellular, so oh. it's just probably my phone is also sipping copium. You're like a boomer and haven't closed all your uh, tabs or apps. 
So there's like oh 20, there's 20 running right now. <laughs> Actually, there were four, but yeah. Actually, technically, technically there were four. Four I'm, too many. Actually, you're you're right. Actually, you're right. Um. So uh, yeah. But anyways, enough podcast. about the bleak uh uh future of the Blackhawks. But I want to go on to another team that made a huge uh, decision in their front office, a Canadian team, but surprisingly not Vancouver, uh, Montreal. Um, so they fired uh, Mark Bergevin, uh, Trevor Timmons, and uh, some other guy. Was, I think that was their head of PR. And then uh, the assistant GM, uh, Scott Mellenby, who I believe was promised the job. Um, uh, really? Uh, resigned. So I kind of want to go through that because there's so many layers to this because Mark Bergevin, there's just so – he's had such an interesting – tenure as as the Habs GM because like there's been a few years that they didn't Mm -hmm. make the playoffs and then last year obviously they were only three wins away from the Stanley Cup like it's just there's so many ups and downs there were so many trades that he made that were controversial like the Subban for Weber trade which you could probably now look back on and say that hey they might have even won that or at least made it even when everyone thought including myself like that was (laughs) oh no dude there's not a single person there's not a single fucking person that thought that that was a good trade for Montreal at the time. No. Uh, sorry, and just no, like just all the like all the moves he made, like even like Pacioretty, he traded like the cat, like the cat, like these players that had so much like like pull in the organization and the community, like PK Subban donated all that money to the the kids hospital in Montreal, and then he's and Mark Bergeron's like, no, I'm not going to trade him, and then a few days later, he gets traded. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was fantastic bullshit one on one. And then, right after you make the Stanley Cup final with Carey Price like leading you there, you expose him to Seattle. <laughs> like, just so many things yeah, that Bergevin's done. Like, holy cow! <laughs> hey, you know who I like more than Mikhail Sergachev? Jonathan Drouin. Oh, he speaks yeah, French. Yeah, that too. That, he that speaks too. French. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what you're worried about. I, I listen. I know you might say it's a bad trade, but. Have you ever heard Mikhail Sergachev speak French? <laughs> exactly. How is he? How is he going to talk to the fans? How are the fans going to like a guy who doesn't speak the exact language they do? No, it's not like uh, Saku Koivu was the captain there or anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course not. No. Um, and Trevor Tim is. Even, I just want to run through the first round picks through 2019-2018 because oh, Trevor Timmons, I believe. Was there when they picked Harry Price, when they picked Max Pacioretty, when they picked P.K. Subban, which all great picks, even Ryan McDonough, who they traded, which I don't think Bergeron was part of. But anyways, uh, 2009, Louis LeBlanc, uh, not in the NHL. I don't even know if he's playing hockey right now. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, 2010, Jared Tenorti. Uh, he's, he's like um, he's like a journey, NHL journeyman. <laughs> yeah, that too. He's not, no offense to him, he's not a good one. He's An NHL journeyman is basically very, very a, nice, is a nice way to say that. Um, Nathan Bully again, like just a depth guy, just an NHL journeyman. I don't even know where he is right now. Is he in Winnipeg still? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Alex Anthony Bully again. Uh, Anthony Bully. <laughs> um, Nathan Bovillier. <laughs> remember, oh I remember. God. Even Steve Dangle made that mistake. I remember he was going through. Like, I know. Islanders are full of great players. Uh, uh, Matt Barzell. There's Nathan. They have Nathan Bovillier. Yeah, my favorite guy. I love Nathan Bovillier. No, I mean, love Anthony Bovillier, but I 
I mean, he's no Nathan Exactly. You got what I'm saying. You got it. Um, um yeah, so no, Alex, Alex What an who, interesting. Well, guy. obviously, he was rehabbed by the Leafs, which is why they kept him. Okay. Nice in Arizona. Is he? For the second. Yeah, for the second time. Is he playing? Yeah, I think so. No way. I'm going to look that up. Keep going. <laughs> you want to know this because he's in Arizona. Uh, 2013, Michael McCarron, uh, to end insult to injury to the wound, I believe Shade Theater went pick one pick right after. I could be wrong. Okay. 2014, Nikita Sherback. Uh, he's not playing in North America, at least from what I know. Uh, Noel Juleson, unfortunately, has had like a ton of injuries. That was 2015. Here's the thing. 2016, Mikhail Sergachev. They did pick him. The biggest point you brought up, obviously, he doesn't speak French, but and he's very gone on to friend. be a very good, solid top four defenseman in Tampa Bay, but how much of that is like Tampa Bay developing him and not like Montreal drafting a good player. I think, I think it's a bit of both. Like, I feel like Mikhail Sergachev would be decent in Montreal, but I don't think he would have been as good as Montreal as he is now in Tampa. That is perfectly fair. Yeah. 2017, I think it's a little too early to call like Ryan Paling. He's still young. He can put it together. I remember he had like a hat trick against the Leafs and like (laughs) the expectations were sky high and he just hasn't even met them since, but I still feel like there's time to figure it out. But this isn't like a Definitely. a top six guy that can build around then Yasperi Kokaniemi. Uh not with the team. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> yeah. So not great drafting from the Montreal Canadiens. And from what I've heard, they've had trouble developing players in the AHL as well. So that's kind of why they've been like mediocre. No, these, and the craziest the craziest years. thing is that they did not pick anybody in twenty twenty one. They didn't pick. A, they didn't pick anybody in the first round in no, 2021. No. It's the craziest thing. No, and then no, they didn't. No, and good thing there was not a pick after that where a certain GM went up with a bunch of women around him. No, not at all. Oh no, yeah, no. After uh, being uh, having the allegations of him covering up sexual assault, no, yeah. that, that, that would be, that'd be such bad timing to do that, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Uh, no, you know what? But no, 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 no. You're you're right. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. I think we're just overthinking it. Hockey culture. Um, Something, something hockey hot. Hockey culture would never allow this, so we don't have to uh, worry about it. No, of course not. It's a gentleman's sport. Why would they? Why would they? Anyways, um, to, but, that, uh, to that to that, point, uh, yeah. Trevor Timmons, all what I'll a think weird about is fucking why, tenure, man. Yeah. For, as for Trevor Timmons, all I will think about is that video of him. Why did you draft Logan Mayu, even though he said he didn't want to be drafted? And he sat there for like 30 seconds in silence. And then after that, he says, can you repeat that question? That's all I remember. Timmons? Yeah. Do you remember that? No, I don't. I never saw that. That is okay, wow. Probably, us. Yeah, get, get, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Nah. Because nah. obviously, Jeez. as a director of scouting, you have a say in who they draft. So. Uh, but no. Um. Yeah, that's... Yeah, man. I'm just appalled by that <laughs> incredibly bad, terrible fucking move. But I want to get on to Jeff Gordon being hired. He got hired as the VP of operations. And Amazing hire. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know it's a good hire when Maple Leafs fans are mad about it. <laughs> I think that's the best gauge on whether something is good as if a rival team hates it. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Leafs fans are mad about literally like, you could – if they, they lost, I saw people mad about Adam Brooks getting play, claimed by Montreal. Okay, no, so I mean, these fans need something to complain about. They've won so many games in November, like, oh, God, something, please. 
I can't even complain about them. He'd be mad. mad again. Yeah. Exactly. And he'd be mad at the Montreal Canadiens again for beating us. Come on. Seriously. And again, this Montreal organization seems like it's kind of been spinning their wheels in the mud where, okay, you make the Stanley Cup final, but then the year before that, like, you're not in the playoff. Like, it's just they're all over the place. There's not a consistent plan. And under Jeff Gordon, you're going to get that. He got fired in New York, obviously, but he set up basically what is there and set up New York to be a good team for a long time. A lot of that is just because he got fired by a crazy psycho owner. But you look at all the young players that they yep. have in the Rangers. He, I think what people don't give Jeff Gordon credit for enough is that trade where he acquired Mika Zibanejad for Dave Broussard. That does not, and no, just in general, that no, trade does not get enough shit for being one of the worst trades ever. Like, awful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, if you're Ottawa, you made the conference final, but you've done nothing after that. And how nice would Mika Zibanejad be on that team? Still, right no, now. The best thing there. about Jeff Gordon is that there's multiple moves that you can point to and say, yeah, they that acquired was Adam Fox. Now, I, I'm pretty sure Adam Fox wanted to play in uh, every in college New York student anyways, wants to play but, New like, York he only gave like, a second reason. and third. No, he gave nothing. Yeah. and For what you got from Adam Fox? Now, now he's just one of fucking Norris. Like, <laughs> good move. Pretty good move. And he's just as good as this year. Like, yeah, he's they, disgusting. Like and that. that's why I don't like what New York did this offseason because they like Drury just seemed like a yes man to James Dolan and Jeff Gordon just Pavel, like, just taking just, Pavel Buchnevich and the, trading yeah. him for Sammy Blay stuff like that and then adding Ryan Reeves. I don't understand. And Jared like, and Barkley. How do I say this? I do understand. I do understand that. Dolan. Wait, sorry. What? Stop. Stop. What? Jared Tenorti. You heard me. Barkley Goodrow six years. Oh, oh, Jared Tenorti. Yeah, they have Jared Tenorti. <laughs> oh, I thought oh. you meant. I thought you said him four, six, six years. years well. Oh my god. Oh, I, 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 like no, 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 no. Sorry, I, my heart just stopped. Um, man, I, I, I would, dude. The fucking Blues could do that, and I would feel bad for them. Holy shit. Jared I would wish that upon my worst enemy, Jared exactly. Tenorti six year contract. <laughs> I fear no man <laughs> but him, Jared Tenorti's six-year contract. He can't even shoot the puck. He can't even score in transition. Like, I, there's not even any reason. He's not even like years. a Ben Harper. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I, man, what, what a, it, I tweeted this, and it, I still it, – it's kind of a surprisingly warm feeling, it, which sounds kind of weird from somebody who follows the Leafs. Um, I'm, I like this. I, Jeff Gordon from Montreal. It, oh, it's awesome. It's because it's the first dude. I started watching hockey, like following hockey, I should say, in 2012. Mark Bergevin has been the GM for the Canadians the entire time, my entire hockey fandom, and they just hired the best option, the best, like yeah, yeah, the hockey, most stable known, job in Canada. Yeah, being he, a G- he, GM the, of the Canadian team. Yes, and they just brought in one of the best um, hockey. Well, I don't want to say hockey men, I guess, but yeah, hockey men, one of the like one of the only good ones out there, one of the better. Uh, if you're going to recycle someone, talent, like let it be Jeff Gordon, yeah. you know. And that's not even recycling at that point. That's just no. that's just taking a shiny car that somebody decided they didn't want anymore. That's like finding, um, like just like uh, like a, a briefcase of money sitting on the street, perfectly intact. <laughs> Why he wasn't um, named GM. I'm not sure. Maybe they want to hide. They want to get French a French. Thing. They want to get a French GM, which I mean, I understand. Like the I thing, don't it would have been worse had it been two no. French. That's the thing. I don't care either. I know that's a big thing there. Like I'm pretty sure when oh man, who got fired in 2012? I think it was 
like right before Bergeron takeover, there was a guy who came in and didn't speak any uh, French, or at least didn't speak French fluently, and he got like a ton of flack. I forget who the coach was, who went was before them, but that happened. And I know that's such a big part of them, but at least with this, you have Jeff Gordon, who I, I obviously doesn't speak French fluently, but you at least got that where, okay, he's the guy, he's going to be making a lot of the decisions. And then you got like a guy below him. I've heard Danny Breer who played in Montreal. I think. No way. Um, I think he, I don't, I don't know if I saw this correctly, but he might, he's either been like some kind of assistant, a GM for like a, like a minor league team, like the HL or CHL. I could, I could be wrong, but. Interesting. He, he, he could go there. And the big thing is like. The dude's Danny French. Breer, <laughs> Danny, yeah. Obviously yeah. he's French. Danny Breer. As younger, like I saw Patrick Waz an option. What are the odds Patrick Waz gonna go in there? Yeah, I'm gonna take orders from uh, Jeff Gordon. No, it's I don't you, think so. you kind of need a you need a you, yeah you kind of need a young guy that you can groom under Jeff Gordon, which is why I think that's such a great hiring for him. Like he's gonna give them direction. They do have a decent prospect pool. Like you obviously you still got Nick Suzuki, you still got uh, Cole Caulfield, who's gonna be good. He, he has to be. There's He'll be great. Um. They got Caden Prevo in the system. Like, they got a bunch of nice, decent prospects, and you're probably going to have another high pick this year. The drafts in Montreal, Jeff Gordon's going to be the GM. Like, you have to be confident if you're a Habs fan. Go for her. I saw this tra- this tweet from Jay Fresh. Like, you get to go to a, you got to go within three wins of the Stanley Cup last year, and now you got to, you get to like clean house and have Jeff Gordon like be a part of that. That's pretty fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't enjoy it, at the very least, it's been entertaining. At least acknowledge it is great, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Uh, put it simply, I, I love it. Love that hiring. Um, I'm really, I'm excited to see the How Canadians. Many people, have you seen anyone be like, "Oh, that's a horrible hiring"? They hired Jeff Gordon. Like oh, everyone universally no. agrees, like that's a good thing, even if you're like, yeah. a fan of a rival team. It, no, I honestly is a as a rival fan. I a I love it. I can rival fan. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know me. I don't see it the same way as I do with the Hawks, but, um, or I don't see, you know, I don't see rivalries the same way as a Leafs fan. I just don't, I just don't have the energy to give to a second team like that. Um, that's why I can't be a fan of a second team in general. It's just, no, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm, I think I've seen the Canadians just be this gritty, just this gritty team. They're always smaller than the opposition. They have, to combat that See, they, they play old time hockey they really do they it's, boring. Out of the it's boring i'm sick of they have brett they, they've had brett kulak ben Sherat, shea weber again well who's actually been good they might even um, get a first round pick for ben Sherat. who were who had been good they might yeah i guess so I, news to me about the block apparently God. that's the scuttlebutt Interesting. Very interesting scuttlebutt there. Um, <laughs> scuttle, why did you say that? <laughs> I don't know. Because I think of this clip from the office. I, I think of this clip from the office where like they put this uh, water cooler right uh, near Dwight's desk and it's like the the thing is the gossip always happens at the water cooler. So he like he's like in his chair. I forget who it was. I think it was like Kevin and someone else. He like goes up he like rolls his chair up to them. And he's like, oh, so what's the gossip? Gossip, the scuttlebutt, if you will, or something like that. <laughs> so that's why that's why I thought of it. Amazing. Incredible. Um so I don't know. Do you have anything else to add that we can get onto a different topic here? Oh, no, I'm just happy that I think they'll finally be an interesting they might even actually have superstar talent. Like they might actually what? aim for that. That dude, I've never seen I've never 
watched the Montreal team that, like, aside from Subban, that had, well, I should say this, they never really had superstar talent on forward aside from Max Pacioretty. They've been mostly carried by... Listen, Max Pacioretty was great, but... He's a complimentary guy. Look at him in Vegas. He's not a guy, and he's doing better than he ever has. Exactly. Exactly. I I really want to see them end up with that. You know, they need to get a the guy. Okay. The guy. guy. They need the guy. Maybe they could get uh, Jake DeBrusque. No, yeah, no, that won't happen during the same time. But, uh, <laughs> that's the guy. That's still more. Really that's, that's it. Superstar, but uh, we can uh, go to him nonetheless. And yes, the yeah, first Jake thing DeBrusque. I thought of with Jake DeBrusque is, hey, why don't we trade him for Dylan Strom? Boston needs a center, and it'd be a nice us us um, switch of scenery. But then I think Wally brought up, it's like, oh, he has or Dylan Strom's like qualifying offers three point six, and then Jake DeBrusque is like almost five. So it's like, uh, and then I'm like, who cares? Yeah. He's from Edmonton, Alberta, and has the same He's a birthday. Good old Canadian boy, good old Alberta, not from kid. Gross, Ontario. Like Dylan. Let me Strom. tell you what, brother. Let me tell you what, brother. I love that Dylan Strom kid, but goddamn, he can't go in any corners. Jake DeBrusque, that man knows how to play hockey like it should be. I mean, yeah, you as a Leaf fan, I know that team. specifically. Anyway. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, do not put me back there. Oh, God. Um, but no, it, yeah. Not it, you won't have to worry about that it, more because you'll be in Chicago. Woo! Exactly. No, if if they, I mean, here's how I see it. If you can get rid of Brett Connolly's, you know, extra garbage money somehow, cool. That's that's fine. Like, it, it's, uh, He'd be, I think he'd be a fantastic fit for the system they have right now. Again, we've talked about it. We don't know how – is that system going to be here, you know, next season? Uh, is Derek King going to still be here? Don't know, but um, – uh, I think he's a coach, no, but he'll, he'll I think – uh, Yeah, yeah. I – Yeah, we're going to make way, you interim, Jim, and now we're going to fire you. Get the fuck get, out of get here. The no. fuck, yeah, get the yeah. fuck out. <laughs> um, But – Again, I should say, a great fit for the system. That's the same with, like, Kyle Davidson. It's like, even let you the, fire Jeremy Colton. Then get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, that's exactly what they're going to do. I'm, I'm so glad that we're in agreement. Um, but, I mean, if they can move some money, again, we talked about how tight it's going to be. Um, so, I don't really, you know, I, I don't know if it's, like, a move they really need to make. But that's not a bad player to, to take a fire on. Oh, oh, I'm talking about Jake DeBrusque. Oh, I'm talking about him specifically. How, oh, okay, I, how, I are gonna, how are we going to get Brett Connolly for Jake DeBrusque? Like, how would that work? I think is more. Oh, I meant if you, I mean, if you just get that off the cap somehow else. Like, oh. aside from that, aside from that. Oh, from okay, that. okay, okay. Yes, yes. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, my my trade idea is Brett Connolly for Jake DeBrusque one for one. Whoa. Two very similar players. Hey, yes. hey, Brett Connolly's won a cup. I don't think. Jake You're Jake absolutely, has. you are so right, Bestie. <laughs> so true, bestie. Yes. Uh, Brett Connolly, the PJ's cast. Honestly, dude. The PJ Yas cast. That's what it would be. Are we going to Yasify the PJ's cast? Yeah. Yes, bestie. I mean, of course. Stop it. I saw the guy from Ottawa, Bruce Garrich. I think that's how you say his name. Apparently, Ottawa had talks with. Uh, Boston earlier in the year potentially acquire him, so maybe he goes mm. there. To, sorry, say that again. Which team? Uh, the Ottawa uh, Senators. The Ottawa Senators. Ottawa Senators. You can play with Adam Gaudet. Mm. Finally, wow. The and two, then Dylan Strom after he gets right traded for Eric Brandstrom. Wow, I like your stuff. I, like <laughs> I still need that trade to happen. I still <laughs> need that trade to happen. 
Uh, you want to hear the best yassification? Let's hear it. Jesus. <laughs> I I, that's not that me. One. That's from a tweet last night. No, no. I, think I just had to mention it. I need anybody who hasn't heard of that to go find the tweet. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> By the way, I need to say this. Certainly the, the first yassify in history. The, the first, yes. I should say yes, the first one. The strongest one. Not the best. All but the strongest one. Um, it's the first. Jesus, it ran, the, the Yassify uh, ran so the other ones could walk. <laughs> um, the the concept image for like Jesus, like the you know uh, hypothetical, looks like Charlie Romeliotis. I just needed to add that <laughs> he looks like Charlie Romeliotis. We gotta bring that up to him. Okay, Charlie. Yeah, we got we got all this Blackhawks news, but man, you look like a lot of like Jesus. please don't ever even let us possibly ask that ever oh man (laughs) so we're a hockey podcast we are a podcast we are a podcast is there anything you can say uh, positive about this Uh, anything optimistic to say about this uh, PJS cast going into 2022 we are a hockey podcast we are a podcast Um, uh, I don't know if we have anything else to touch about that. We could get to the uh, next news here. Absolutely. So, uh, two players cleared waivers of significance, uh, albeit for two players situations. being paid six mil or yeah. and, or um, more. So Matt Murray went through waivers, which I want to go to this one first because it's so funny because Pierre Dorian's like, "Oh, the rebuild is over," and Matt, Matt Murray they put wait, so pause, much, they put so much assets to get him, they put so much money into him, and. Now they're sending him to the AHL where he's making six and a quarter million for, I think, another couple of years after this one. So, like, what's the what's the end goal there? Are you going to just keep him in the AHL? Are you going to trade him? Like, is anyone even going to want to take that? Like, what, what the hell do you do with that? <laughs> I, man, I, I, I talked about this uh, on Twitter a little bit. You just got to hope that he gets his confidence back in the AHL. I, I really feel bad for the guy. I do, too. Um, like, one two cups like and he dropped years old. off. Yeah, he's young, man. It's he was, not like he's he was so good in the like AHL at a young age. I still think he has good hockey to play. Like his, his confidence has to be shot. Like, no, one, well, Ottawa's well, not a, a good question. It's yeah. not like Ottawa's this great defensive team. So it's like you're gonna blame put this solely on your goalie that you need to get their no. confidence up. Oh man. Yeah. I I I guess simple as he just i i just if you if you think you know he's gonna go anywhere in his pierre dorian spot you just you just gotta hope he gets his confidence back again that's i keep I saying mean, it but that's all yeah, it is can, that's can, all it is dude he's not bad he won yeah. he i know that that penguins team wasn't you know I, I the penguins team was damn good both of them but he was a big part of those teams yeah. he was very very good he probably don't win those and cups he, if he's that good and he comes in there as a young goalie no, they don't. They don't. Like, Flurry was not – he was not good enough for that team to win the Cup those years. He just was not. I would argue 2017 is different because he single-handedly stole that Washington series because I, I think Murray that came is in. Murray came in, like, I think they were down 2-1 against is, And then he, they came back and won. Yeah. Oh, shit. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Don't ever slander Mark Andre Flurry, but, yeah. 2016. Right. He was the goal right. all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's – it's tough to watch, man. He's, he's 
know he's he never, there's nothing I, the guys I know he went through done the death for... of his father I think last year it's like it's oh, been geez. tough for him I know that yeah not really much to say that to add I think I don't think it's so much you can add but yeah just well wishes to the guy you just, I, I hope yeah exactly you just hope everything works out because that just seems like not, not a good situation there yeah no not at all um, the well, like you said, different uh situations. Yeah, of Vander Kane, like oh boy. Oh, Apparently, they're willing to eat half salary, and that there is an Eastern Conference team interested in them. Maybe that's why Mark Bergman got fired. I don't know. <laughs> he was working those phones. Yeah, I am sure that Tony D'Angelo would love to bring in Vander Kane and share locker room stalls. Oh, I am absolutely sure. Um, but if Vander Kane, let me tell, let me tell you, just, Vander. Let me tell you, Vander. Sometimes they don't understand you, but I do. I get it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh no, God. But that's gonna be just with everything going on with Evander Kane. Like, who wants to take on that right now? Am I wrong? Did he not have like allegations of battery assault? And yeah, such like pretty much. As well, like this like wasn't fake, just the bankruptcy yeah, shit. Yeah, like man. a fake. Oh, the fake backs card. Oh dear God. Oh God. Just everything, it seems like. How is that? that he should not be. I'm sorry. Man, I I, mm, I don't think someone should be allowed yeah, to play hockey involved after with that. It, which, by the way, like, I hope everything's okay with him. Like, that just means, that's again, such a shitty situation. But, yeah, like, Evander no, King, like, everything go on. Like, he should not be playing hockey right now. At the no. very least. He, has he been playing? I thought he no, got... he's, he's, I think his, I, I, like, I'm pretty sure had he not gone through wave, like, if he, didn't go through waivers, I believe he would have been able to play against Chicago. I could be wrong on that, but has he been playing consistently? No, he hasn't played because he was no. for twenty-one games of the season. That's okay. Yeah, I sorry, I wasn't. I was sure that happened. I couldn't remember though. Yeah. Oh man, that's um. I I, I don't think, dude. Even, I, man, I know teams took chances on and like Tony D'Angelo, but man. I feel like this is different. Really? Like honestly, I think if he has one year left, I bet you a team. Well, he's also not white, so it doesn't help his case. <sighs> yeah, if he was white. It would just you know. Let's be honest. If he was white, it would just be you know. Well, you know what, brother? He needs just to turn his life around. He's been through a lot. You know, mental health is a big thing. You know, just really hope he could, things get better for him. No, no, he's he's not going to go anywhere. He's, he's not going to get anywhere. Understood, but no, now he's a uh, locker room. So <laughs> you misunderstood. Is, yes. <laughs> No, Jesus, man! Like, if there ever was one, from everything we've heard, good God, um, shit, dude. That, that's I think I don't know if you got anything to add. I think it's just a terrible no, situation. I, again, it's it's not going to get any better. Situation. I don't <laughs> know. Gonna... I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Like, no matter what outcome happens, it's going to be bad. Like, if a team trades for him, like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> I I'm not going to lie, man. I think. If we ever seen a situation a, like this, yeah, and I know it's an AHL team, but like you're thinking, like okay, like a Vander Kane is gonna play with us now, like really, you know? I, I just don't, I don't know what, what, when, what you could, who wins in that situation, you know? He, he, I, I man, is he done with hockey? He should be. Yeah, like no matter, I, like obviously he's done agree. awful things, but also I hope he gets help. You know, like he gets help Me in the financial situation I, that he gets his gambling under control, which has been a thing. Yeah, I, I, I guess pump the brakes. Maybe not done with hockey, but I think he should take a long. I, break. I was gonna, yeah, that's a good point. Take, like, a, take a long break. Off. Take a long break. Don't rush back. Yeah, 
No, no. The, the things that he has been dealing with. Look what Carey Price no, and Jonathan no, Drouin did. Like, Jonathan Drouin yeah. took time off hockey while his team was going to the Stanley Cup final. That's how much, like, he was committed to getting help that his team was on a run to Stanley Cup final. He would step back in and be like, okay, I'm going to play now. So, yeah, the, all, you know, Carey Price is still getting joking, his help. Like, all I feel joking like, slander aside, I really respect Jonathan Drouin for that. That I, I didn't know about that until I, I heard about it on the uh, SDP. Um, about a month ago, but seriously, good to him, man. That's not easy to do. Need to see more of it. Uh, yeah. Before we get into the last topic, I just want to bring this stat up. Chris Russell apparently uh, leads the NHL in all-time block shots. Can you guess who had the record before that? Uh, Nicholas Chalmerson. No, another Blackhawk, though. Really? Um, no, I'll just say it. I can't. I'm not going to be able to guess this one. Oh, it's Seabrook. Brent really, I had the most block shots in NHL history before Chris Russell. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. And wow. And the the first thing I think of is that tweet. Yeah, it's like uh, blocking shots is like killing a mouse. Yeah, you prefer or like killing a mouse. Like you prefer to kill the mouse, but if you keep having mice pop up, like you have a bigger problem there. <laughs> I love that quote so much, and I think about it every time someone brings up, oh, he had, like, this amount of black shots this game. Okay, is that a The Calvin Dahan effect last year. And Brent Seabrook and and Duncan Keith were up there, which, I mean, but but they also also played, like, 15 years, so. They played, and they played on, like, more good teams than they didn't, so I I honestly wouldn't worry about the mice problem. You know, no. comparison, honestly. I think that's a Chris Russell thing. <laughs> well, put it this way. When you think about Chris Russell, you think about block shots. When you think about Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, you don't think about block shots. No, you don't. And I think that I think that goes to show why they're – why with them, you know, it's not as much that guy. Uh, by and the way, not that I'm exactly high on Duncan does. Keith or Brent Seabrook as, um, as people or players at all right now for obvious reasons, no, yeah. but – those guys blocked shots with purpose. They got, you know, they they would get the puck out of their zone. They, they put their bodies continue. on the line. And they put on they put them on a line for like with a purpose. Whether whereas Chris Russell blocks a shot, he does it for and shits and giggles. It basically, <laughs> it's not. It becomes a gimmick at some point. Okay, you blocked a shot. Okay, well, why is the puck still in our zone? And obviously that that obviously that you know that. You know, there's the team around them that matters as well, but um, he's consistently had bad defensive numbers. So, I mean, yeah, yeah uh, I'm not, I, I don't think that I, I don't think that. Um, of course, there was a Sportsnet yeah. article saying Chris Russell should wear the C, but not for captain, for courage. Oh, man, I'm going to throw up. Okay. Um, wow. I I don't think you need to even go any farther. That's, that's terrible. Um, so I'm sorry, Chris Russell. Like I'm sure he's a great dude. No, okay, he probably is. He probably an asshole Republican, but um, Jesus, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I wrong? <laughs> Are you gonna look at me and tell me that I'm wrong? <laughs> <laughs> he's a hockey player and blocked two thousand shots. Grow up, bro. <laughs> Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> I want to get on to the line. He doesn't get the puck out of his zone. Have you seen him block shots? Yeah. Go up, bro. Stand in front of one yourself. 
hold on, hold on. He he blocked a shot in the defensive zone. <laughs> he played Anyways. on the Calgary Flames. He led the NHL and blocked shots. Oh my God! Grow up, grow up, grow up, bro. So I want to get into the last topic, Brady Kachuk. <laughs> Brendan it's sixty to zero. Oh my god! Okay, please tell me you saw. No, okay, no, no, no. The whole situation. I saw. I, dude, no, no, no. This isn't just a situation. There, there's something that I think. If you haven't seen it, I hope you've seen it. And I think you have. But if you haven't, treat yourself to it. I will bring it up. Oh after yeah, talk treat about. yourself to someone getting their hand bitten. Oh no 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 no. That's not it. Oh no, no 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 no! I know what you're talking. About. Don't mention it yet. Don't mention it yet. I, yeah. I want to get to this at the end. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yes. Uh, I appreciate it. Pierce, please tell me what happened a couple so, days ago because uh, I still feel like I am insane for even believing that that actually happened. Oh no! It happened when you when you see the player. Oh no no! Did it? it no it no! Happened. It happened. I just cannot believe that it's fucking real. That's what I cannot believe. It's I can't insane. because Brendan Lemieux is a giant asshole. Anyways, we'll get into that. So yeah, and, uh, and no one NHL team wants them. So if you have seen the clip, you've probably seen the the clip, the screenshot, the gif, or the picture of Brady Kachuk like going up to the ref and like like going like this to his hands, like as if to like, yeah, go, showing the ref. A man fucking bit me. A yeah. player bit me. <laughs> like. What? I saw someone tweet. It's like, what is with the the Kachuk's brothers and their beef with uh, LA Kings players? Because he got Matthew <laughs> Kachuk and Drew Doughty, and then obviously now he got this. Oh man! And uh, gosh, what is it with Brendan Lemieux and being a piece of shit? Yeah, it's so... like, you know, I, it, it's weird. You you know, you it's hard to imagine where he got it from. You know, like maybe like a family member or anything. You know, it it's it's weird. You know, it just seemingly came out of nowhere. Uh, I can't imagine, you know, there was anybody that had any influence on him, but, you know, anyways, um, uh, Brendan Lemieux fucking bit Brady Kachuk's hand. Um, and he is exactly like Tony D'Angelo, where he is an open asshole. No one likes him. And which is funny because no. Jonathan Quick came to his defense. He's like, in my opinion, I think he is a great, but something, something to the effect of that. But it, honestly, I'm going to defend the guy who bit the other guy. I'm just saying. <laughs> But have you like, considered what, my what? perspective? That he have you considered that he's a great? Have you person. considered what the Trumpy who bit the guy's hand did? Come on now. So true, bestie. Anyways, so um, true. Bestie. These are yeah, like he's based. Brendan Lemieux is basically Tony D'Angelo. Like everywhere he goes, he's a locker room. Candidate. They had a fucking podcast together. exactly called "Watch Your Tone," and which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but Tony D'Angelo is in a COVID protocol. And then there was a, someone put a screenshot of his tweet. I think was when the election. Was like oh now COVID nineteen is all of a sudden not real. No no no, let me find it. It was uh it was during the riots. Um, was it during, the, I, one of, during one of it, those it times was, where it was happening. Oh wait, hold up, hold up. What happened to COVID? Oh wait, pause. No, I guess it was. Yeah, one wait. of those crazy ass times where the whole no. Okay, into two. I'm so bad. Okay, so it's for my Twitter and maybe this is like different country kind of thing. Like, so the date on his the tweet, and you can cut this out by the way. Um, it's 2020 11, then 04. Is that November? Or... Yeah, it's November. Okay. Okay. I, I always get that confused. Okay. But yeah, uh, you know, like, back to the, you know, fucking whatever. Um, so the tweet is <laughs> what happened to <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Anyways, the tweet is, uh 
what happened to quote unquote COVID-19 the last 48 hours with a beautiful fat, this tweet has been deleted right under it. Um, uh, yes, right between those two things, right between these, uh, right between the tweet and that beautiful line, you see 105 retweets, 1,281 likes. And to uh, compare those 105 retweets, 480 quote tweets. So <laughs> I'm glad the man had his shit talked to him before he ran away. I believe away. the kids would call that a ratio. I believe the kids would also call that fucking around and finding out. And he's, uh, <laughs> he's in the finding out stage. It's called COVID. Suck a dick. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you, you never <laughs> wish that on any point by anyone, but like when you deny it and are an open. No, 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 no. I'm going to put it this way. I'm going to put it this way. You play stupid fucking games, you get stupid fucking prizes. I'm not sorry. Dude, you want to go talk also shit about the vaccine? I'll put it this way. I never wish anyone to get no. COVID, but if you have no. it, and you should... Like, you wish to know. You wish it, it upon yourself. Bad for you wish it upon yourself. I didn't have to do it. I'm not, I'm not wishing upon anybody. You do it yourself. Good. I'm not going to care. I, I don't give a shit. Looks good on you. You want to wear this stupid anti-vax fucking face? You know, the fucking... Uh, face. What am I saying? Like a five-year-old. <laughs> Just that <laughs> persona, the you know, like the, the Amy Jones bullshit. Oh, I'm God. sorry. When you catch COVID, no one's gonna feel bad for you, and that's just. And Especially why should they? I'm sorry. I feel bad on a human level of oh, a human has COVID, and you know nobody deserves to. Be, you know, what I mean, like it's, it's it, different it, it, for it's assholes, dude, though. <sighs> I, I I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I guess what I'm trying to say here is fuck Tony D'Angelo. Anyways. We are a little off well. topic. Yeah, we need to get back to one of the best quotes you will ever hear from an NHL player. And maybe there needs to be more hands bitten because I need NHL players to start talking shit like this. This is amazing. Um, dude, it's not like this is a playoff game. This is an Ottawa LA game in like November. <laughs> These two teams barely even like know each other. No, they're they're <laughs> on Eastern 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 Western Western Conference. I thought you said Eastern. I thought you thought you said Western. <laughs> um but yeah, like LA, they're barely. I don't even think they're in a playoff spot. Ottawa's like the worst team in the NHL. Like, it's not like they're these two like teams. It's like a rubber match. Like, oh my god, this is must-watch television right now. No, it's Ottawa versus LA, and like at the end of November, and it's Brendan Lemieux biting Brady Kachuk's hand. I and just, then, I'm trying to find the quote, and I just found an incredibly great tweet that I'm, I'm sure you'd like to see in a second. Yeah, um, Brady Kachuk quote. Let's find that. Hold on. Here we go. Um, Kachuk was furious. This is the one time I'm going to answer this, said Kachuk. It was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do. This guy, you can ask any one of his teammates. Nobody ever wants to play with him. This guy is a bad guy. And that and plays a bad the point. Teammate. No one likes Brendan Lemieux. That was the case during juniors. That's why he's been traded, I think, multiple times. Dude, he used to. barely a fringe there NHLer. Were, there were... I believe he was not liking Winnipeg. He was he requested a trade out of Buffalo before he barely even played I mean, for them. No, before I think he even that. played for them. That's he was drafted right. by them. <laughs> um, uh, and well, and I do I do argue. Yeah, you, a prospect should have more say in what they do. You know, like you feel you want to go somewhere else, you go somewhere else. I'm sorry, yeah, he played in the New right York. Too. Obviously, that's where he crossed paths with uh, Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> Dear God, wait, watch your tone. Watch your tone, Pierce. Um, right. And juniors. Apparently he used to, uh, and this is, I, I think it's more than a rumor. I think it's pretty well known, but don't, you know, don't fucking hold it as gospel for me. Apparently he used to yell at his teammates um, in juniors during warmups if they fucked up. 
that's oh, fun. Uh, again, I don't know if that's true, but it sounds in character. So exactly, a very good chance it is. So continue with the quote. The guy's just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. The guy's gutless. No other, no other team wants him. He's going to keep begging to be in the NHL, but no other team is going to want him. He's an absolute joke. I can't even wrap my head around it. People don't even do this. He's just a bad guy. Kachuk didn't, didn't stop there either. This is where it gets amazing, by the way. It's outrageous. This is where it gets amazing. This is where you can hear. Have you, have you read this? No, I have read it, but it's just so funny hearing someone oh, read it it's, out. Oh, it's it's man. Okay, <laughs> and this is where this is amazing to me because this is where you can tell that Brady Kachuk is questioning his own fucking sanity. He's <laughs> it's outrageous. <laughs> Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that. I don't even know what he was thinking. He's just a complete prickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy, bad player. But what a joke he is. Said Kachuk. That is so now, awesome that he played a full <clears throat> NHL game, got his hand bit, and then ripped. that was like Shakespeare level shit right there. Yeah, I I don't know what hand he used to write down the fucking declaration. It's of literally the gif of him funny again, with, his but fire, shit. with his like pen on fire while he's writing something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. They're literally the gun on writing this fucking song. <laughs> oh, that was if so you thought, awesome. If you thought me saying this was funny, if you thought me reading this out was funny, oh you can go God. on Twitter and see Gilbert Gottfried reading it out on Cameo. I forget exactly who paid for him to do this. I believe well, I retweeted the man who did it. And God bless God. You, if there's a heaven, Gord, you Gord have a spot in it already. On just oh my God. <laughs> oh he is my God. God now. And uh, by the way, my favorite thing is Gilbert Gottfried saying his name to Kachuk. <laughs> Amazing, Kachuk, oh, which, which which is now his name, by the way. He's legally Tkachuk. Um, the Tkachuk yes. brothers are on Team USA now. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, what a fucking way to end the episode. Oh, <laughs> I know. I could, that's why I had it last because I knew it was going to be awesome and a perfect way to end it off. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, yeah. Uh, have anything else to add, Pierce? <laughs> no, I think I love this story this... so much. People need to buy some more hands because I need people talking this shit, this kind of shit. Like this is again, we talked about this. This is the shit you see in the NBA. I love this. I absolutely it's love so this. childish. I love it. <laughs> it, dude. You need like you need some fun. You know what I mean? You need some fucking fun. Some like, drama. I'm not saying, in, in all seriousness, don't go fucking bite hands. But more of this energy, please, please. I just, please, I hope what the NHL like, finds this in itself. What if, like, it was some just point. some random guy who just got their hand bit and it's like, oh, he doesn't say anything. No, it's Brady Kachuk. No, please. Because Brady Kachuk's the guy who would bite somebody else's fucking hand. <laughs> but even he wouldn't do that. You you just out-fuck-assed the fuck-ass of the league. That's incredible. <laughs> you see the man go, wait a minute. Other you know, guys can do this shit. You know what I saw? I saw the picture. It's like Brendan Lemieux be like, and it's the picture. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to start biting people now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just start biting motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh, funny boy. as hell. Yeah. Anyways, well, uh, Jimmy, it was nice doing this podcast from you. Even though if you're not in Chicago, you're in a gross Philadelphia <laughs> right now. 
Hey, if I'm not in the slimy Chicago, are you, are you in a hotel in right now? Philadelphia. I am in my. I am hanging in my friend's dorm. I am sitting in a bedroom oh, really? right now, uh, charging my iPhone with an AirPod. With uh, Gabby. So, I'm not. Well, yeah, Gabby, uh, her friend Eve. Uh, I oh. don't want to dox a million people, but yeah. No, I am. Uh, I am just chilling in Cedar Rapids. I, I'm actually in a, a bedroom on my own. I am just sitting here in some in in, in somebody's bedroom, just like. Complete, like, dude. How many, how, dude? I have to have like the most insane setup, uh, history ever. Garage. I mean, basement. I don't know if you can top the garage one, but I'm literally sitting in somebody's fucking dorm, dude. I think I might have. Oh man, <laughs> the garage is pretty fucking legendary, though. I mean, yeah, that picture dude. is like that picture carries a million words. It really does. Really classy stuff. Really, it it really touches your heart. You know, there's um, the Mona Lisa, and then there's that picture, you know? And then there's my garage setup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it has been a pleasure, as always. As uh, you always. Can check... We asked you, we, we should do, like, the, you could check us out on Apple Podcasts. Follow our Patreon, and get me on Cameo. <laughs> you, oh, my God, I should start a Cameo. But I, I can only do my March Simpson voice, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read the Brady Chuck quote out in March Simpson's voice. Oh, my God. And, and send it. Then I read it out as Joe podcast. Swanson. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> this is how we make our money, dude. This is yeah. voice acting. This well, is, this is all this I can podcast talk to. Shit. Let's just do, let's become a cartoon voice actors. We've dude, one doing, day, Schmitty's, Schmitty's going to wake up and it's going to be the S cast. And he's going to know what the <laughs> fuck is happening. He's going to be like Will Smith in that in that uh, picture where he's just like standing in the living room all by himself. <laughs> Prison Miller. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> all right, man. I hope you I hope you uh, enjoyed your trip to uh, New Jersey and uh, now Philadelphia. Yes. Well, started in Philadelphia. Drove over to New Jersey. Uh, smelled some bad smells. Got called uh, some homophobic slurs. Watched a bad hockey game. Had some good laughs with friends. Oh, so you just smell New Jersey. That's, well, that's exactly it. (laughs) Um, New Jersey people, please don't come and kill me. Um, But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good time. It's been a good time. And uh, I will be uh, back in Chicago tomorrow. Hmm. Um, And uh, I believe Saturday. Hey, Jimmy, when is your plane due tomorrow? It's not pregnant, but it'll be (laughs) down at 930. (laughs) Uh, Let's just end it off right here. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. I also hope you guys enjoyed the uh, Max Boltman uh, interview. uh, Oh, and to everybody celebrating it. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had a wonderful time. Uh, Sorry that your breaks are probably over, but I hope you guys had a wonderful time with your families if you celebrate. And if not, hope you had a wonderful week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 This will be out tomorrow, so as always, enjoy your Tuesday, y'all. Peace out.